Hello, welcome once again to the Lost Art Podcasting. I'm your host, Coxie, joined as always by no one. That's right, and once again, here by myself, this could be like Podlet 3 or Podlet 1.6, I can't remember what I called them. But yeah, um, I'm here by myself, just having a chat with you, the listener. So hopefully you don't get too bored. Um, well, hold on, it seems I'm having a bit of technical difficulty. We're taking over! The Shack Podcast is Bunkle! Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm King Bunkle. You're King Bunkle? King of the Bunkles. <laughs> well, can you untie me from this chair now? Yeah, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag takeover. It's not rapey. Sorry, he says. There's, uh, <laughs> there's, there's, I can see a spade and a bag of lime on the floor. <laughs> Hello, mate. Hello, how are we doing? <laughs> I'm good, mate. How are you? Aye, not too bad, not too bad. Long overdue. It is. So, essentially, this is the Lost Art Podcasting. It is a takeover episode, essentially, of. Um, a few people did message me in concern, ask, essentially asking what was going on. Um, my only reply really was, is it a work or is it a shoot? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a work, but he's not doing the JLB. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky I nearly threw the beat of your own music in and had, and had um, Stephen Richards with that We're taking over And I thought I'm going to get sued for this Yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> But no, um, yeah, there was concern But there was it pulled, The problem was there was hints in the thing But then you had to know who you are to get the hints Oh yeah, well <laughs> Like, like the, the, the takeover picture yeah, yeah. Feels like you were a fan of Def Jam. Oh, yeah. New York or I still own that game. I still oh. play it on my PS2 now. <laughs> Your still works. It's the best fighting game ever made. And yes, I still have the old fat PS2 that was supposed to break after six months. Boom. That was a PS3. Yours it meant to last about three years, whereas I went through about four and you still got one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see my oh no you see I was about to say my consoles don't break but Xbox 360 fuck you I remember that one but yeah um, so for those at home essentially I don't know uh, myself and James have been friends for about what, 17 years now uh, how old are we now 28 28 so yeah 17 years 11 yeah, yeah. Miss Elliot's class in English in year 7 yeah <laughs> that was it yeah first meeting Fucking hell. <laughs> we'll go over some stats. Is that right? Mankind was your champion. There was two No Mercy pay-per-views. There was a Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view. Oh. <laughs> Beyond the Mat was a film. Take us there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> take us there. <laughs> I'm joking. I was waiting to do that. <laughs> uh, safe to say, uh, Beyond the Mat Beyond the Mat was that was alright. Was Ready's really Rumble was out then. It, 2000 Rumble came no yeah late 99 well no yeah it came out in 99 America yeah it didn't come out over here it was 
one of them you had to. It came out on front row if you had Telewest cable. Oh, no, no, I didn't have cable. I had Sky. I had no cable. But I remember watching it, like, back then. It might have been on Sky Movies then, possibly. Or I had it, maybe. It sucked anyway. It was funny. I thought it was funny at the time. Oh, yeah, well, he's an 11 year old, but if you watched it recently. (laughs) I haven't watched it recently. Yeah, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Simply put. Well, no, because um, I remember I saw it twice in the cinema when I was in America, and then I think it came on because Telewest before it was pay per view. You paid to watch that twice in the cinema. It was like four bucks or something. Oh, yeah, I suppose that works out over here, doesn't it? And you got bad. free refills on popcorn and drinks. Fuck off! <laughs> <sighs> Not only just paying four quid for a second drink or whatever. Hey, that paid our wages <laughs> at one point. It did. Mine for four and a half years, yours for. Six weeks. <laughs> yeah. It was more than six weeks, or was that eight weeks? Eight weeks. Eight weeks. <laughs> in the best job ever, ripping tickets. And you left it. And I, Yeah, well, because it didn't pay me any money. <laughs> but you, did, you accomplished your lifelong dream. I did. So you can die a happy man. I, I can. I'm hoping that one day I earn enough money so I can go back and do it. <laughs> and having as little responsibility as possible is amazing. That it is. Um, but yeah, it was... Ready to rumble it. Yeah, it was on Telewest before it became Virgin or whatever it was. They had Front Row, which is the pay, their pay-per-view thing, so you could buy, like rent movies and watch them, and then right, also, also right. tape them. Oh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. So I didn't have that. I literally... Day I met you, got Sky when I got home that evening. Yeah. And I, was, that was, I, remember, I remember it was a Tuesday we had Elliot. It was like the shift. The, it may well have been. It was. I've drank a lot <coughs> so have I, since hey, then. <laughs> no, we had Dearden Mondays, and then we yes. had Elliot Tuesdays, and yes. we had Dearden again Thursdays. Yes, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember now. Oh, yeah, because there was fucking Tuesday lessons. That was the one where you had to read a book, wasn't it? And well, it, took, it took me an academic year to read the second Harry Potter book, because it fucking well, sucked. It was essentially more just like her just sitting there chatting, and like, you meant to make notes about this. Here's your free Pepsi book, and no one made notes. I think me and you just remember drewing, drewing them and you haven't you ripped yours apart at some point. Yeah, I'm not shocked by that notion. <laughs> the thing, going back to, obviously me and Cox went to school together, um, but the thing with teaching and learning and stuff like that is, if your teacher does not inspire you, you will not do the work. You just won't. That you is true. Just let them do whatever they want, we'll cut, like... I remember fucking German class. Don't get me started on German. That can fuck off. And unfortunately, because I was relatively bright, I was always in like the middle set for German because I never tried, so I would never get in set one. Oh, sod that, he's not doing two languages. I would have told him to stick it if they tried to. (laughs) And you sit there and like one minute you'd have a half-decent teacher. The next fucking day, because he's had a mental breakdown because... Everybody had a mental breakdown. You get a brand new one who's almost a sub, can't really talk German, and then they try and make you do work. And it's like, right, no. And then I remember <laughs> I got sent out for sitting on a stool and not a chair when the stool was in my seat anyway. So I got sent out for that. I got sent out for sitting on a chair on a table because she told me to sit on a chair. So I put the chair on the table and sat on it. I got sent out for that. But the thing is, they send you out and they think, oh, he's going to go do some work out there. He's being punished. No, 
everybody Skypes German, so there's always at least one person wandering around who you just end up having a chat with anyway. And they just go and hide in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. You just hope a teacher won't come past and go, oh, so why, why have you been kicked out your lesson? Because I sat on the chair. Yeah, I actually did that. <laughs> I actually did that. Why have you been kicked out? Because I sat on the chair. Right, I'm going to go talk to you, to, talk to the teacher. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. So it drags her out of the class, which means the other 30 kids are like, whoa, no teacher for 10 minutes. And do fuck all except for the one dickhead who thinks that it's really important to do German. Yeah. And then... It's like, oh, well, um, you're not going to prom. Well, I wasn't going to prom anyway. It's something I have to pay for, so how can you ban me from paying for something? I'm not wasting my I'm money. I'm not going somewhere. I have to wear a suit yeah. and can't drink. Yeah, exactly. I'm 16. Why would I go? Uh, what For what reason would I want to go to this damn thing? Uh, 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 what do you mean? Uh, I'm sorry. Speak. Speak, teacher. I'm 16. Tell me off. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> I remember, I remember in like... And I was a good kid. I remember it was like year nine that we had like three or four different English teachers at one point. Year nine. Was that the year that we had... No, we had Cook in 10 and 11. We had Cook we? 10 and 11. <laughs> nine, we had that teacher who took our books and buggered off. Then we got that sub who was in for like a few months. That Was that the year with the sweaty guy? Yeah. Yeah. Davis or Davies. Yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> was he the one who... He, he wasn't the one who took the books, was he? No, that was a woman female teacher. Yeah, that, that again. But this is the problem with education at the moment. It's you know <laughs> something like that happens. People lose interest. Children especially lose interest. So then they don't learn, and then you end up with some of the thickos you see out there. Some of us are just naturally intelligent, so we get away with it. <laughs> I think it's changed a lot though since we since we. <laughs> Since we went to school, it's all that stuff like there's bloody I read about iPad, free iPads and all that sort of stuff now. Like, considering we were probably learning on Windows ninety eight or whatever the time, they're probably on like fucking Windows ten now with their own cloud storage and all sorts. Oh, uh, I mean, and we had what was it, the bloody intranet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, my, my my kids now who go who go to school, I say I say my kids, um, they have their own iPad. Yeah, and it's like what it's like oh yeah well uh, we weren't like you know I don't know it's like you go and speak to the teacher it's like oh no they're doing really really good but we're thinking like, we're not going to give we're going to take the iPad off them because um, th- we think this other kid needs it more and I was like alright oh, okay well why does this other kid need it more oh because his writing's not very good well why would you give him an iPad <laughs> yeah oh it's so he can type it but the kid can't write yeah that doesn't mean he needs to type <laughs> that surely that's like that's not solving the problem. That's just sweeping under the rug. But there you go. I don't know how we got into education. We've just been off on a tangent, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I partially expected it in a way. To be fair, this is what I, 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 I know you're relatively prone at doing it, but I'm awful. Like I can go off so far on a tangent, I forget what the subject was. It's fine. <laughs> that's podcasting for you. Well, yeah, I suppose, suppose. I say, like, this is supposed to be a wrestling show. It is. Because <laughs> <laughs> I even did you a special intro. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so getting back on topic. <laughs> so you got home from school and you had Sky installed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sky installed. I think, was it? I think it was a 
the Saturday after. So that would have been the Tuesday. Saturday after was when I first started watching wrestling. So it was what? Year 2000. So I've probably just, I've just like coming in at like the end of the Attitude Era really. Towards, so like, well, about halfway through. You, well, like Stone Cold's kind of had his, almost had his day really. Yeah. Like all these like big headline in every single pay-per-view kind of thing. That's like dying down. Like I've, I, you know, I've, if I remember correctly, I've missed the beer truck. Yeah, yeah, that by was that point, ninety-eight, I think, possibly, you know, or early ninety-nine. And the Rock was just starting to take off because, if, if I remember correctly, well, SmackDown debuted in ninety-nine. Yeah, I think that was November. I think. Yeah, Might yeah, because that was the ha- the higher power or higher power thing, wasn't it? And it turned yeah. out to be Vince, and it made no fucking sense. It's me, Austin. <laughs> yeah, who was me all along? <laughs> Great, um, but. <laughs> You know, the the Rock was champion when I uh, I remember turning it on, and it like I remember my dad watching it with me once. Um, do you remember what month it was? Because that can sort of I do have yeah. Well, it will have been Cause September because we started. Was, we just started school, haven't we? There was the it was sort of for ninety nine essentially yeah. going into ninety nine. You had Mankind as champ, then you had the Rock, and I think something like he, the Rock had it for a day or two. Lost it against Mankind. No. Yeah, Rock had it, won it at the Rumble. Mankind won it... No, he didn't. It was before the Rumble. Mankind won it. Two days later, lost it to The Rock. That was the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's because... Lost it at the Rumble. Yeah. And then be- Austin won it twice that year. Yeah. It, it, isn't that... That's something to do with... Oh, no, no. I'm thinking of later on when Austin wouldn't do the job to Triple H. Yeah, this, but this was around the time when there was title changes every like two months. Month, yeah, two yeah. months. No one was a long reigning champion. No. at any point. But the, again, you have to think about it this way. I mean, like nowadays, you you tend to get more of a long reigning champion nowadays. Yeah. Um, but that come that stems from the way the business is. The way the business was that then, you had Austin and you had The Rock, and both of them are mega stars. So you you have to ha- the the. Everybody in between is a paper champion. Yeah, it's to take the belt from one and put it on the other. Austin won't do the job because it's well documented how paranoid he was about... Uh, paranoid might be the wrong word, but he was very f- afraid of losing his spot. Mm-hmm. He was very scared of doing the job because he was thinking he was getting replaced. We know whenever it was he was supposed to do the job to Lesnar, I think it was 2002. Rough. Yeah. So we're like, I'm supposed to do a job to Lesnar. No, take my ball, going home, not doing yeah. the job. Because I don't want to lose that spot. I don't want to lose what I've built. And I understand that because he came from WCW where he never was given the opportunity and everything that he, that he put forward and got over, they just then went, oh, we'll just scrap it. Yeah. And okay. then, yeah, And then <laughs> he gets injured and they sack him. And that's going to make you paranoid. You're going to think... Oh shit! My job could go at any point. It's the same. It, yeah, in it's like, always to say it's um, sort of protecting your spot. Yeah, yeah. Sense. Well, right. I mean, you could even apply it to general life nowadays. Uh, if you keep going into roles and keep getting made redundant, you're gonna think in your next job, I'm gonna get made redundant. Yeah. And if it happen, if like something like that gets mentioned, you're gonna start to panic. Yeah. It. I. I totally get where he's coming from, but you had to. You, if he wanted to do the job then you had to move the belt somehow. Yeah. So, you know, I, I get it. I do. Um, 
but I remember The Rock being champ and I say I remember my dad coming in and watching it and for some reason The Rock was his favourite probably because he was arrogant <laughs> yeah um, I mean there's only a couple of comments I remember my dad saying about wrestling one was that he wouldn't mind meeting China in a back alley um, which is does uh... <laughs> <laughs> which I was just like Oh dear! <laughs> the, the cable tie has no a bag come into this. Uh, no, no. Um, it's it's more that like the commentators would always point out, like, oh, you know, I wouldn't like to run into China. She looks like a dude, and or like you know, she, she you know, she'd rip a man apart. And my dad was like, Nah, give it a go. You <laughs> <laughs> had WrestleMania 15 that year was Rock Austin with yeah. Mankind as a referee. Yeah. Under the, with the subtitle of The Raging Climax. <laughs> oh, that, that says it all, really. But yeah, back to like to my to the point was I remember The Rock when he won a match at the end of a SmackDown, the main event of a SmackDown show, mm-hmm. and then heels come out, beat him down, leave him lame, celebrate, leave, and yeah. it was just like, why? And my dad was just like, it's just shit, really, because this is all that's going to happen, and then. You're going to go to the pay-per-view and the Rock's going to win. And it's like, don't ruin this for me. <laughs> I'm 11. <laughs> yeah, right? I can, I, I can, you know, I didn't, I don't understand, you know, the full ins and outs of this. I, I, you know, you can sit there and tell me it's scripted, fine. But I'm not saying it's real to me. I'm saying it's... Damn it. <laughs> I'm saying... I appreciate the athletic ability and the storytelling. It's a story. Yeah. And I want uh, and to... It's like reading a book. If you're not invested in the story, you're not going to read it. If I'm not invested in watching wrestling, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, I need a character to engage me. There was... Um, Mike Quackenbush who runs Chikara. Oh, yeah. Sort of covered this on YouTube. There's a, he did like a, it was like a TED Talk, but it wasn't a TED Talk. Right, right. Um, and he's sort of saying, well, it's... Wrestling for me was an escape. It's yeah, like, he's, but he's like, I like the comic book storylines. Yeah. He's like, I like colourful characters. I like heroes and villains. Yeah, all that sort of thing. And he's like, but this one guy, it's like, it's like a lot of people say that pro wrestling is fake. He just goes, sorry, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> but he sort of then he goes on this mad diatribe. And he just sort of sat there. It's like I said to my mate, I was like, anyone asks me, it says to me like, isn't wrestling fake? I'm just to give him that YouTube link and say, right, watch this. Yeah. This is why I watch it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Like you say, it is. It's 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 no different to sort of like a comic book come to life. Yeah, as you reference. Yeah, it, exactly. It is. It's larger. It's larger than life characters. At least, especially during the Attitude Era, it's larger than life characters doing things that you can't do that you would want to. Yeah. Think of Stone Cold Steve Austin consistently beating Vince McMahon up, consistently getting one over on him. Why would Vince McMahon keep this man employed? Yeah, if you did that in your in your work day, there is absolutely no way on earth you'd have a job at the end of the day. Yeah. If I walked up to my boss and I started punching him, I handcuffed him and then held a gun to his head in front of everybody in the office, there is no way on earth I'd have a job at the end of that day. Yeah. I'd be in jail. <laughs> Even if the gun was fake and he wet himself, I'd still be in jail. But again, because 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 it, it because it's so larger than life, it's something that you like. Ninety percent of people hate their jobs. If you, you would want to do something like that, you, you it makes you believe that oh look, I can see him doing it. So therefore, I am out. I, I feel 
disconnect from memory of life. There, there was the on the, the forums back in the day before like Facebook and MySpace and stuff. There was oh, like, yeah. forums of like people. Is that like, one of the first topics you always see is like how many people wish they could do that like, they could do to their boss what Steve Austin does to BKM. Sort yeah. Of thing. Um, there's always people like yeah, well, yeah, I'd like to, but I couldn't get away with it, and it's like well. Evidently, but yeah. if you could, you probably would if you hated yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's, again, it's not the, oh, if you could do it, would you? It's like, yeah, but I know I can't get away with it. That's not the, what they're trying to say. It's, would you want to do it? Yeah. I mean, I quite, I, to be fair, at the moment, quite enjoy my job to, to an extent. I quite like my bosses. So I probably wouldn't want to do that now, but everybody's been in a job where they hate their boss. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> I know you when you were working at Cuba. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Previous episode <laughs> reference. <laughs> you know, you hated your boss at that time. And to be honest, she was a bitch. But, you know... Would you say that you wouldn't want to do something like that to her? You wouldn't want to walk up and just like, you know, what, I'm just going to put her through a car window. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Uh, like, what, what was it? I'm um, going to run. For, I'm going to run her over and say, yeah. it for the people." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, we'll get onto that freaking storyline. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> fucking hell! Yeah, I'm going to turn up with like a milk truck and just spray her with milk. For well, some exactly, reason. exactly. <laughs> Though I would probably wouldn't use the milk because nowadays everyone would think it was cool. <laughs> All right, I'll turn it to a bear trunk and go, this is what you brought done to me. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, it's it's getting, inv- it's feeling emotionally invested uh, in the story. Yeah. You know? it's, again, if we move on to like how it's, how even wrestling's changed, you know, back in those days, that's what it was all about. It's about these big, large than life characters and they're still trying to portray that now, I feel. Um, I'll be openly honest. I don't. I, I don't keep up to date with wrestling as I should do. Yeah. I read a lot of results. I see the odd video, you know, pops up, mm-hmm. but I don't watch it week in week out because I don't believe there are these characters nowadays. There is no, you know, everybody is. I'm a babyface or I'm a heel for this reason, yeah. and it's like. Well, it's not Basically, so much that nowadays. They're just going after the ti- it's titles, really. It's more about the titles than anything. It's, well, I'm a heel because the champion is a face. So I'm going to be a heel now. It's, and they just there they is swap that. and change it's, so often, I feel. Alicia Fox. <laughs> oh, darn. God. <laughs> she shouldn't even have a job. <laughs> no, it's that thing like um, people, a lot of people nowadays are like, well, the belts are a prop. It doesn't yeah. elevate anyone. It's just, it's just a prop. Um, but it's it's moved away. WWE, for instance, it's moved away from just heel and babyface. It's like Roman Reigns as a on Botchamania now. Shout yeah. to Matthew. Um, there's that thing of like he's, he's he does a thing. He's like, I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm the guy. Like, yeah. I'm not babyface. I'm not heel. I'm neutral. Yeah. Sort of thing. But it's like, well. You're not. He's not <laughs> neutral, though. Again, it, it, that that is a heel persona. It's but it it's almost to try and give him that thing where that again, Roman Reigns is always really going to be in the title picture, yeah, or he's going to be in a title picture, yeah. Well, he got I think wellness. He got wellness. Yes. Recently. Yes. Oh, I've not seen that. Is he gone? 
Oh, no, oh, did he come back though? He's had his suspension, 30 day. Yeah, and he's come period. back. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Is he not still facing Rusev though? Essentially, it was he had the bet. He's a two or three time champion now or something. Oh, already. Um, he got wellness. I think he. Was it after SummerSlam? Or before on the pay per views? Yeah. He lost the belt and then he got wellness the day after from right, the 30 right. days. And VKM, like Vinnie Max, was the top guy. Yeah. And then he sort of that wellness sort of yeah. took him off the radar and now it's like, well, Finn Balor, shit, he's injured. Um, panic mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the, well, the thing is, you can see they panicked. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with putting the belt on Kevin Owens. I think it's a great idea. Um, oh, I really, I, I, I watched the end of that match and I thought, there is no way on earth they're going to put the belt on Kevin Owens. They're just yeah. not going to do it. They don't have the balls to do it because he doesn't have. Uh, I, I personally, I think he's great. Uh, having seen the man live, I think he's great. I'll come on to that in a minute, but he doesn't have the stereotypical look that Vinnie Mac goes for. He doesn't have the stereotypical athleticism and even look that Triple H tends to go for. You look at the guys. He's got the athleticism, I think. Oh, it, yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not he doesn't good. give that off. You look. Look at Seth Rollins. Yeah. You look at that man and you think. Damn, that guy can do some shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I you think know. that's part of the appeal of Kevin Owens for me, though. It's like, you look at him, it's like, well, he's just some sort of fat guy. He looks like he's a, a, he's a, a guy from the crowd. He just yeah. sort of picked out and put a shirt on and go, right, you're going to be champion now. And then you see him do a standing scent on the way. Oh, yeah. You see oh, him do the yeah. cannonball. Uh, that, that's what I mean. He is, he, is, he is athletic. He's more athletic than he would appear. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying. His... We'll go Vinnie back Mac, 10 years yeah. and he wouldn't have even been considered. No, right. that's... Uh, exactly. Vinnie Mac and Triple H have... Uh, the pair of them... Uh, Triple H is a bit better than Vinnie Mac. Have the... Stereotypical thing they're looking for is a look. That's mm-hmm. why Roman Reigns, as you've just mentioned, was pushed so heavily. Yeah. Roman Reigns has about as much charisma as... A block of cheese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A block that's of giving Roman Reigns credit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's that. That is giving him credit. Uh, I'd almost, I'd, I'd hesitate to add to that that it'll be some kind of light, mild cheese. That's basically it's not even cheese. It's fake cheese. <laughs> the, but he has the look that Vinnie Mac wanted, so he gets pushed to the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this man. You know, it was put in a main event with fucking Brock Lesnar for fuck's sake at <laughs> WrestleMania, and though he didn't win, thank God, he didn't win. No, no. Uh, I remember it correctly. Then they still attempted to make him look strong, which is stupid. But there we go. That they've, they've done some stupid things with Brock Lesnar. But back onto Kevin Owens. I mean, I say. It, that's what was surprising to me. I thought Seth Rollins was going to win this all day mm-hmm. because he's Triple H's guy, which I didn't expect. It did swerve me. I'll be fair; yeah. it did swerve me. But he has he has everything that, that Triple H looks for, mm. and say definitely glad they put it on Kevin Owens. Seen him live. Um, I, mem- I remember when he made his uh, his uh, debut on uh, NXT. And he attacked Sami Zayn. Yeah. And he did that power bomb onto the edge of the ring. Yeah. At the ring apron. 
I've seen that with what, like less than three feet away from us, yeah. haven't we? And fuck me, I nearly peed. It looked like it hurt that much. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Chris Travis, God rest his soul, is a fucking legend for taking that bump. Sami Zayn's a legend for taking that bump because it immediately put Kevin Owens over. Mm. That that one instant, and it looks it looks completely devastating. I'm guessing it's a relatively safe bump to take. It must be, otherwise they wouldn't be doing it, but they always say like the, the actual edge of the ring is the hardest, hardest yeah. bit. Yeah, oh, I don't doubt that it's the bit. hardest bit, but it's like... Ever, they all obviously they they all know how to break fall. Yeah, yeah. Um, having you know doing a little bit of like martial arts, I know as we do. Yeah, we know how to break fall, mm-hmm. and it does work. But there is no way I could tell you that didn't hurt because I know it did. Yeah, yeah. In experience, falling on a, a mat like no, I'm not talking like a big soft mat, but falling on like a you know like a, a matted floor like you would have back in school. Yeah, hurts. And you're doing that on a ring apron, which I know is like a, like a small piece of cloth and there's metal. Yeah. Yeah. But instantly puts him over. Mm. So, you know, I hope I hope they give it him for a while. He should have a long run. But... Well, he did... I read a thing yesterday. It's like he got into the back and it's like, what happened when Kevin Owens got backstage after his yeah. title win? And he's like, he shook Triple H's hand or something and Vinnie Mac looked at him and he's like, you won't regret this, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I say I hope I, I think if they want to keep it on him, you know they need to. They need to make him look strong. Yeah, yeah. I, the the finish was obviously a screw job finish for the title. So everyone's looking at him now and thinking, is it just going to be a paper champ? Is he going to yeah. drop it at the next pay per view? I don't see him dropping it in the next pay per view. He's going to go over. I reckon he will. Yeah. So he should do. Yeah, he should go over. Seth Rollins is no stranger to doing the JLB. So why wouldn't he do it to put over his mate? Well, I guess it is, mate. Well, we sort of they came up together. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I I think they need to keep it on him for a while, but I also think his character needed it as well. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think he was quite as over as some some other people believe he was. But that's just my personal opinion uh, from what I've seen. Yeah. So I'm like you. Yeah, I just read the results. I don't. I watch the old clip on Facebook here and there yeah. that they put up. And other than that, it's, I just watch like the Cruiserweight Classic and NXT. Oh, you see, so. I want <laughs> the Cruiserweight Classic made me think about getting the network. I'll be honest, but ju- even just for like a month, yeah, uh, just so I can watch the Cruiserweight Classic because um, Noam Dar was in it, and Noam Dar, legend. <laughs> um, you know, again, somebody I've seen live before, and I know he's got the talent to do it. And the cruiserweight, well, this cruiserweight classic, as it's called, is the the perfect opportunity for somebody like that. He is going to roll, you know. He's going to roll. Mm-hmm. It's his final UK booking on the twenty fourth of September. Awesome, awesome, and I really hope um, it works out for him because he's only like in his early twenties. Twenty two, twenty three. Fucking hell. So, but it's like I was saying to someone the other day. It's like if he goes for like three years. Comes back, works the Indies for two years, then goes back, gets re signed. He's 28. Yeah. Or 28, 29. He's still got yeah. 11, 12 years of prime More. Left to... Yeah. When you think about how old John Cena is. Yeah. You know, you think about how old, you know, the these guys who are just getting the title point. Think about how old Finn Balor is. He's yeah. like in his mid 30s. Yeah, 34. You know, the, so... the, he's got so much time. <clears throat> Time's on his side so much. And with that training centre as well. Yeah. They'll teach him the way they want him to be, mm-hmm. which is 
you know, if you learn their way and you pick up their way, then they, there's no reason for them to let you go. Yeah. You know, look at fucking Funaki, how long he stayed around. Yeah. Just because he could wrestle their way. Yeah. Look about X Pac, how long he stuck around. <laughs> house phone ringing. <laughs> Nobody answers the house phone. <laughs> There'll probably be a call somewhere anyway. I'm guessing you're going to call this bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Of course I know. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a guy like Tajiri, Brian Kendrick. Yeah. Uh, but these guys were like, around in like 2004 when the Performance Centre was still probably a, an idea on paper, if that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's... The Performance Centre has helped a lot in terms of getting people... Well... Yeah, I mean... To, to that level. You look at some of the talent that's just... Like, that's even just come over in this draft. Mm. I mean, I look at um, American Alpha, and I think... Is that what... That's yeah, right? American Alpha, yeah. Gable and Jordan. Yeah, and okay, I've not seen that much of them, but I just think these are the stereotypical guys, again, that Vince and... Well, Vince more than anybody would push. Yeah, you think, oh, great, yeah, let's push these guys. Yeah. And they come it was, in. It and was last year, though. In, sorry, to yeah. cut you off, but it's when, when they did NXT in Blackpool last year. Right. I saw someone took a video on the mobile. Yeah. And they were so over. Yeah. It was literally all you heard was like that sort of. Um, there was like one of the super shows with like Lyco oh, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Where it was like um, doing D-Lo, D-Lo, yeah. D-Lo. <laughs> doing that for, for Gable and Jordan for about right. ten minutes straight. Fucking hell. <laughs> And it's like, if that doesn't prove how over they are, I don't yeah. know what will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but again, like you've seen, you see guys like that come... Well, you used to see guys like that come up all the time into, you know, like, they just get... They almost come out of nowhere, and then they'd be on the main roster, and they stick a belt on him, and then they disappear after six months. And... I think these guys are sticking around. I just I don't want them to do what I think they're going to do at some point and split them up as a tag team. Yeah, I think they be... they really work as a tag team, but they shouldn't. That I can see them. Oh well, we call time on it now. It's time for them to go separate ways, and it'll sort of it'll like every fucking it'll go tag down team. like a wet fart sort of thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> ev- almost every time they do that, it ends up like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think back, I think like to back in the day when they split up um, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, right? <laughs> The world's greatest tag team. And I thought they were excellent as tag team mm-hmm. wrestlers. That was the perfect spot for them on the card. Yeah. yeah. Come out, decent match, decent pace, little bit of wrestling, little bit high flying. Yeah, fine. Put in a great match every time. Split them up. And where did they end up? Um, well, Charlie Haas ended up leaving. And then Shelton Benjamin got like a little bit of a push, but it was more of a. Well, we just want to make him look ish, but he's going to lose loads because he's really good at selling and he's quite flat. Kind of a Dolph Ziggler role. We need, um, we need him for money in the bank every year. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then he got released. He's just been re-signed, I believe. He's off for injury. He's before they signed him. He he got his uh, medical right, um, and they found a torn rotator cuff or something that Shit. he didn't know he had. So right. he's, he's off for like six months. Oh, great! And they're still keen on signing him once he's signed. Right. But again. They split that tag team up and it went nowhere. Yeah. And half the time it's because people can't get invested in the initial feud between the two members of the tag team, I find. And so it just ends up with like a shitty blow off match that doesn't mean anything and nobody gives a shit. So then, 
when they go on to their next feuds, well, nobody cares about these characters. Yeah. And I so think we shot on Benjamin, though. It's like, well, what, what's his gimmick? Well, he used to be in World's Greatest Tag Team. So what's his gimmick? He Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. Right, what's his gimmick? We don't have one. He Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. We don't have one. And then they came up with the gold standard. Where you give... Yeah, with his stupid finisher where you give yourself a rock bomb. Yeah, that was smart. The pay dirt. Fuck that. Well, they did that and then they brought, in, they brought Sheldon's mama into it. Oh. Which went nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Again, stupid. What they felt as though they needed to make it a, a daft character to try. Wasn't and get it, wasn't it though when he was like the Intercontinental Champion for ages? They didn't put him against anyone or something. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He never defended the belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking stupid. <sighs> Another version when they fucking split up Billy Gunn and the Road Dog, and. Uh, I don't even get me started on New Age Alice. I didn't actually like them at the time. Yeah. I'll be honest. They, they weren't my cup of tea. But Billy Gunn is the prime example of somebody who has everything that Vince McMahon is looking for and should be great, but cannot get over. Yeah. And again, I think that stemmed from they, kind of, they split that tag team up and he lost his mouthpiece, so nobody gave a shit. And then he won King of the Ring and nobody gave a shit. <laughs> because, to be fair, other than Austin winning King of the Ring, it's never really mattered. I can't think of any time that it did. No, not really. It usually means that you go on then a massive losing streak. Well, there was, um, you, you never recover from. <laughs> the thing was, there was uh, Billy Gunn won King of the Ring. Then he had his thing with The Rock. Yeah. Which come out in that kiss my ass match or something at SummerSlam. Yeah. And then he ended up becoming like the one Billy Gunn after right the censor took the Mr. Ass off him or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he got beat, from, yeah. Beat him for the Mr. Ass name. So he's like, I'm oh, now the one Billy Gunn. Uh, around that time where he's like, right, you're now a heel, so you have to cut your hair. You have to yeah. have short hair because you're a heel. <laughs> Fuck that shit. But again, <laughs> later on, becomes part of Chuck and Billy. And it, it was great. It was over again. Yeah. Because but, tag team. Some some wrestlers are just meant to be in tag teams and they should be left alone and left to do that. My personal opinion. <laughs> but there we go. Well, I think sometimes it's needed because it's like you, you, you're not always that... You might not have it as a singles, whereas the other guy, you put someone... Well, you're lacking this, this and this, but this guy's lacking what you have. So yeah. So put you together and then... Well, yeah, that's, again, that's why the New Age Outlaws worked. Road Dog is lacking in... Well, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have the look, and he doesn't have the fire, so to speak. And but he can talk, and he's a great talker, and he's a great seller. Billy Gunn can't sell for a, worth a damn. And don't again, he's like Roman Reigns on the mic, except maybe worse. <laughs> yeah, can't talk, but has the look. So put them together, ro- and every single match they had, standard formula. Road Dog gets worked on because he can sell. Makes the hot tag to Billy Gunn because when Billy Gunn's making a hot tag, he's the bigger man and it looks better. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, 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 win. End of match. Road Dog does his thing on the mic. Yeah. Over every time. <laughs> Simple formula. So, again, why change what works? Again, American Alpha, if they're that over, why change it? Yeah. If, it's, if it's working, don't, don't change it. It's like, Cesaro and Tyson Kidd I know Tyson Kidd got injured mm. but it was over and it was working 
So I know they won't bring you back to that. But well, there was one I remember. There was the um, the Ascension in NXT. Yeah. And to me, they seemed like quite over and they're ready and then they just bought them in and it's like oh I'm going to make a joke of you yeah exactly the thing is in NXT they were over because I, like, I remember watching them on NXT and they were built up as this force to be reckoned with so to speak yeah. it wasn't stupid it didn't look daft and then they brought them up and straight away they were like mm, we're going to job them yeah <laughs> uh, again I think another thing with the WWE is cutting on characters so like quickly mm. like um, I think of Michael McGillicuddy you know <laughs> and I think when he won worst it, the, name ever it is the worst name ever but I just think of when he won when he um, came out as Curtis Axel or Curtis Hendon whatever he was and he was it Wade Barrett he pinned and won the uh, Intercontinental title and he's literally he did nothing all match except okay. sell ran in Pinned him, ran off, and won the title. And he'd been in the match like eight seconds or something like that. <laughs> and it was so, like, yeah. oh my god, that is amazing. <laughs> and I thought, oh right, push him like you know, do do what they did with his dad. Really, I'm not saying that he has to be perfect mm. at everything, but just bill him as though he's act, he's coming out and he's acting as though he's perfect, but he's not, and he's just winning on like flukes. And I think you could have you could have got that over. Yeah, but instead they did that one week, and then the next week he was fucking jobbing. Yeah, and it I was think... like, oh great, so you've given up after eight seconds, eight seconds or yeah. whatever it was. I think it might have worked better if like they did the like the the Damien Sandow the Great in the new T-shirt. Yeah, like, they yeah. gave that to him. Yeah, and it was like, so oh, I'm gonna be right. My give me that. I'm greater than you. I'm greater than you. You, you. I'm greater than the announcers. I can do my I'll announce myself. Yeah, um, I'm better than my opponent. I'm better than the referee. I'll start counting my own matches. Well, yeah, well, that's it. No, it's again. It w- it could have got over, and you know it could have got over, but they seem to cut bait so quickly. Again, I think of another one, Bo Dallas, and I know everybody hates him, right? Um, but it, when he came in, that it was the fluke winning and then like the the celebration at the end running around the ring I ate that shit up that is the best heel thing I've seen for a long time it was just literally like everyone loves me no everybody hates you and you are terrible but please God keep doing that keep selling it like everybody loves you because it's brilliant and telling everybody to believe and these video that the vignettes were amazing absolutely amazing and then it lasted three weeks and they were just like, no. Oh, he's back on the bow leave for character now. Oh, they brought it back? Yeah. I thought, yeah, but isn't he like a, a nasty heel now wearing black? I think he's wearing black, but then it's sort of like, um, I was reading, there's like a, a, a page I like on, I've liked on Facebook called The Angry Wrestling Vet. Right. And he always says like, heels should wear dark colours to like match your persona. He's like, don't wear, always wear black. Yeah. Wear, just wear dark colours, don't wear white. Because white's in like a positive colour. Yeah, it is, baby. Baby, it is a baby face um, colour. He's wearing white. Yeah, right? but that was the point because he <laughs> thought he was a baby face. That's what made it so good. He thought, everyone loves me. <laughs> no, no, we hate you. <laughs> but he was acting like he was like the best thing since sliced bread and he was beating these jobbers by like schoolboy pins and shit. And it was just like, what? <laughs> like, yes, the world title. And he was like, no, you've beaten our truth <laughs> with a fucking schoolboy. Come on, man. <laughs> um, 
brilliant. I remember getting slightly back onto Kevin Owens. I remember when the one of the standout moments for me for Kevin Owens was when he debuted on NXT. Oh yeah, yeah. comes out he's in tears. Yeah, because he's sort of like I've made it. But it's, it showed a video. It's like either him, his kid was either watching on NXT or watching on when he debuted. On yeah, Raw yeah. And took on Cena and his kids yeah. there going, "Go on, Dad!" And he's like, "That's brilliant." Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is again. Uh, like I've seen something quite recently about that where because um, I think it was his son posed for a picture with the title and yeah. stuff like that. And then that guy from ESPN started giving it on Twitter. And I just think that guy sh- should be fired. <laughs> I'm going to be deadly honest because you shouldn't be saying stuff like that. And whether it, whether you know anything about Kevin Owens or not, it's not my place to say. Um, but that's a child who's bought into something. Yeah. That's a child who then believes in something and you're there ripping it on Twitter because you're a dickhead. Yeah. For lack of a better description, yeah. he's a fucking prick, that guy. And I know he's apologised, but it's not enough. You mm-hmm. can't go around acting like that. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. So, uh, look it up. There's stories about it all over Facebook. But Ooh. it's it's not right. It's just not. So, but yeah, I said I think I watched Kevin Owens' first match in NXT, mm-hmm. and um, he bleed. I think he ended up bleeding accidentally, Possibly. like in his mouth or his yeah. nose or something. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, "Crap, they're gonna kill him now, aren't they? They're just gonna like cut whatever push they were thinking yeah. because they're really against the blood stuff nowadays." But I'm glad it didn't. Have, I'm glad it didn't, and I'm glad that you know he's made it now. Essentially, yeah, he really has. Um, you know, it, again, NXT is a don't don't ever rush to get out of NXT. That's <laughs> what I'll say. Well, I, I think it's getting better, but I wouldn't I wouldn't rush because eventually you'll job to Cena. <laughs> I did see a thing the other day, and it was like um, having that botch main. It's like friend is like oh Tyler Black and Kevin Steen are never going to headline a pay-per-view it's like 2016 it's like well the headline in, the headline in this one it's them two are yeah. unforgiven or whatever it's called next and he's like <laughs> dot 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 shit <laughs> <laughs> oh exactly but no I mean again how much you see things like in wrestling nowadays, like, I, don't know, I think, uh, I think like, a lot of people, uh, I don't know if it's still going on, a lot of people used to complain about, say, Cesaro, and talk about, oh, well, Vince doesn't, you know, Vince came out and said on the Steve Austin podcast that he's not connecting with the fans and yeah. whatnot. I know, so that's quite a while ago <laughs> now. Um, but I don't think Vince McMahon's stupid. I think that he's he's looked at a character like that and he's thought, does he need a belt to yeah. get over? A belt, to me, is to get you over. Mm-hmm. You, some, Somebody who has the belt needs the belt to be a draw. Yeah, uh, Ultimate Warrior back in the day. Ultimate Warrior was kind of over. Put the Intercontinental title on him. Quite a bit more over. Ooh, put the World title on him. As well as. As well as the Intercontinental title. Ooh, he's even more over. But... He's not as over as Hogan was. Is Hogan still a draw? Yeah, but he's not as much of a draw as he was with the title. Ah, yeah. oh, well, he's dropping it back to Hogan. 
Oh, oh wait, no, he won't. Slaughter. Yeah, because he won't do the J-O-B to Hogan <laughs> anymore. And Hogan never does J-O-B. <laughs> yeah? So, dropped it to Slaughter. Slaughter versus Hogan. Hogan's going over. Yeah. Simple. Well, it so, was, you had Slaughter, it was like, right, heel turn, I've joined Iran or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, right, we've got America versus Iran. It's yeah. Like, during like, well, the fucking Gulf War, yeah. whatever it was. Okay, people eat that <laughs> shit up, though. Well, that was back in the day, though, before yeah. social media. Yeah. And it's like, you have you have America. It's like, yeah, America! <laughs> <laughs> but, again, do, you know, I don't... I, I think he's looked at somebody like uh, like Cesaro and thought, does he need a belt to be over? No. Because he's over. One thing I did read yesterday was he thinks Cesaro lacks charisma. He lacks charisma. Again, it's, it's one of those things, like, people say... Um, the way I look at it is, is he over with the fans? The answer is yes, really. He's not had a long title run except for when he first started. It was something he was IC champ, was he? Or US champ? IC, I think. Yeah, for a little while. But he was a heel then and that never got over. And I'm not saying he's in the same calibre by any stretch of imagination. But he's like, like you look at the careers of Jake the Snake Roberts and the Million Dollar Man. Both massively over. Mm-hmm. Both never held that world title. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't need it. And Vince McMahon knew they didn't need it. They'd still be over. Because they were. They were always over. They don't need that extra push that a belt's supposed to give you. Well, they always say for like Jake the Snake, he had the like the ring psychology. Yeah. Um, Million Dollar Man, It was he had the charisma and it was also sort of like he's got the wrestling ability. Yeah. Yeah. But he was happy to do the well, job sort of thing. yeah yeah oh, I mean if we ever if we get on to talk about the 80s finding people to do the J.O.B. in the 80s is impossible um but, unless you're the Brooklyn baller yeah job security <laughs> <laughs> but like I think of somebody like if you look at Jake the Snake Roberts the only uh, I, the only criticism I've ever heard is all of his promos are very similar he's never it, it's always a very quiet very calculated promo, essentially. Yeah. And trying to do that in front of 60,000 screaming fans is quite difficult. But... You play 21, I'll play 22. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we know where his career ended up. We know what ended up happening to Jason Roberts. Yeah. We know what ended up happening He's to got Million Dollar Man. Now, yeah, yeah, well, so. yeah. I'm aware that he has. Uh, there's a... Documentary on Netflix about him, but I think I've seen it before. No, this one's a new one. Oh, this is one of the new one. Yeah. I've not seen it then because I've seen the um, old one. Because he moved in with DDP doing DDP yeah, yoga, yeah. and he was like, "Right, you have to get clean now and all this." And mm-hmm. I think DDP produced it or was like he funded it yeah, or something. Yeah. And it's about him getting off the drugs and getting back in, like he gets him back in touch with his family and stuff like that. Well, right. like the same family in Beyond the Mat where yeah. his daughter's like, "Fuck you, all nothing to do with you." Yeah, yeah. He's like DDP gets him to reconnect and stuff like that, and apparently it's quite like a quite a moving film. Right, right. It's something yeah. I've been, I've been meaning to watch it. I'll be openly honest, but getting my wife to watch a wrestling documentary is. Um, <laughs> An impossibility. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, so, again, it's quite, it's it's just, it's amazing how wrestling has changed, really. Yeah, um, I think there is a lot, though, like, 
especially like social media's come into it. <laughs> You're right. Do you need do you need a shit or <laughs> no? No, I've pulled my hammy. Mm. Um, especially like the advent of social media, because like WWE is all over Instagram now and stuff. Like they pull yeah. pictures of both like, opponents before matches. Like, oh, we have here we have Natalia stood backstage. Then the Charlotte also stood backstage. It's like hopefully not just stood next to each other. And it's like right, stand with these yeah, between you. Yeah, and, but it's sort of I think that's kind of killed it in a way because like now more than ever, there's meant to be all these kids that are buying into Cena and it's like now it's Roman Reigns or like Finn Balor is like the, the top guys like you're meant to buy into. So of course they get all the merch, yeah. all the t-shirts, yeah. stuff like that. But then. Like I, the other day I was on a bus and there was like a one year old in a pram holding an iPhone watching a cartoon and it's like the amount of kids nowadays that have iPads and yeah ac- you have access to internet and Facebook and wrestling sites and dirt sheets and stuff where you can see yeah the behind the scenes it's oh, like it's completely different to when we when we first started watching it like I say when we first started watching like don't well, you started watching a lot to, a long time before 96. I did. Ninety six. Yeah. So uh, I'm started watching ninety nine. So it's three years different. Yeah. So you will have got like the end of the uh, the Survivor Series angle where Austin got run over. I actually didn't because I didn't have Sky Sports. Oh right, right. Well, see for he, me he again. It was I had cable at the time. Yeah. Or, well, no, I started with Sky. And they used to send you like a, a big month size TV guide. Right, like yeah. 16 quid, you got it for free as part of your package. Yeah. But they had the full month in it. Yeah, yeah. So you could plan your month accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> but this was before Sky Plus, so you couldn't yeah. just tape it all. And I was like flicking through mm. one day, so like, oh, WCW Monday Nitro. It was like on a Friday on TNT. And it was like nine, I think it was, it was still like, like one hour episodes, or yeah. it might have been yeah. two hour. Uh, he was like, right, 9 to 11 or 8 till 10, something like that. And I was like, well, it's Friday night. I was like, can I stay up and watch it? Yeah, it's Friday night. It's yeah, fine. yeah. Um, and then I sort of started watching it, went from there. I can't remember the first match I saw or anything like that. So, you, so, your, first, so your first exposure was WCW? Yes. Not WWE? No. Oh, man, I feel bad for you. <laughs> At the same time, though, the Wait, was that the cool time? This was when it was Nitro was like first starting. It might oh, have been yeah. yeah. So, so it was relatively cool. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah. Before it it went shit. Yeah, I can't can't remember much about it, but um, also at the time there was when Sky One had Livewire. Yes, I used that's like one of the things I first started watching Livewire. Livewire, Shotgun, Superstars, and somewhere else. Maybe. Well, you you, no, you used Livewire 11 till 12 Saturday. Yeah. And Sunday you had Shotgun and Superstars. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, but live where I remember put it on and you had Ultimate this Ultimate Dragon and it was like when they yeah. bought some of the Cruiserweights oh, yeah. yeah like Cruiserweights attempt part one or something like attempt one at getting right. Cruiserweights yeah. in and I remember this Ultimate Dragon guy and I remember seeing just like showed highlights from Raw and it was when they had the DX dressed up as the nation oh amazing <laughs> <laughs> it always stood out as like the guy dressed as Owen Hart he was like look at the size of my damn nose <laughs> It was like, that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and then it just sort of went from there, but like I'd, I'd watch it every week, and it was always like the NWO stuff. And yeah. And then, uh, of course, SmackDown came around, and but then TNT started showing Thunder on Friday night, yeah. sometimes after Nitro. Nitro or on the Saturday night. Right. So it'd be like, watch Nitro, get up Saturday, watch SmackDown, wait till Saturday evening, watch Thunder. 
you know? Sometimes, if I could stay awake. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, so I was getting at least like about five, six hours a week in of wrestling at yeah. the time. And then like about 2000 this that's when WWE, TNT became TCM. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bravo bought the rights to Nitro. Yeah, yeah. But they weren't showing it often. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's here on Friday morning at 1am when no one's going to watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I see. I mean, like, my first exposure was WWE wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I, my, my WCW exposures were relatively limited to angles and a certain few shows. And I watched Thunder for a little while, but it was as WCW was winding down. Yeah. And... I remember talking to you about it. I was like, so what do you watch? I was like, what's WCW? And you're like, really? Yeah. Everyone gave me shit for it. And then there was like a few people like, oh, I watched it. It was pretty good. This was like 2000. Yeah. And it was shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, the thing is, you look at it with rose tinted glasses almost. I say, you're, you're, you know, it's year 2000 and we're fucking 12. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> wrestling. So rest- I'm half the man you are and I have half the brain you do. What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. It's wrestling is different again because of the way you view it. You, mm-hmm. you know, now it's, I hate the word fucking smarks. Now, smart mark, smart mark. Yeah, what's a smart mark? <laughs> a what? mark with a high IQ. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, it. it I, I don't like the word because it's not what it's not what people are. It's, people perceive smart mark as something that exists. I don't think it is. Uh, it's or you. It's again. You want you know all the backstory. You know how wrestling works because Vince McMahon decided. You know what? I'm going to tell everybody it's a sh- it's it's fake. Yeah. Everyone thinks it is, but I'm just going to tell them now, mm. and I'm going to do a show that I think will take off where. Regular people come and be try and become wrestlers. Yeah. yeah, tough enough. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and did it did it dampen people's view on wrestling? I don't think so. It's, there was a big debate about it at the time that a lot of people sw- switched it off. But I think a, I don't think that it cost them anything. Uh, I don't think tough enough did as well as they expected. I think they thought that would be a massive thing jump into reality TV. And I think yeah, but then it's that thing of like every like you had Big Brother, you had Survivor, you had a, yeah. like the Apprentice was probably starting around then. Yeah. Oh no, it made um, sense to do the jump, but I just don't think it worked for the WWE. I or think it might have brought time. in new fans, maybe because it's like, well, why is why is this regular Joe going on trying to be a wrestler yeah. on this reality show? Yeah. And it's like it's it's almost it's almost a shame that everybody who ever wins the show never makes it. Yeah. That's part of the problem. I think... Go silent rage. Oh God, silent rage. Yeah, silent rage wins tough enough. Gets wellnessed. Gets released. Great job. Doesn't sell a stunner properly. Yeah. Fuck off. That guy should never won anyway. Uh, I remember I, that was the season. That was the last season I watched because it was the Stone Cold Steve Austin season. Yeah. Uh, so it one. was like the re the reboot. Yeah. And. The other guy, the guy who came second, that Luke kid. I think it was called The one Luke. you wanted to win. The one who I wanted Evil to win. Evil Luke. Evil Luke, yeah. Who was actually talented in the ring and kind of could cut a promo. Yeah, why didn't he win? Uh, because he's not big enough. Yeah. 
that was literally it because he's not big enough. So we're going to put this guy over who then is shit. Oh, congrats. I could have told you that. He was shit the whole way through. But there we go. We had Matt and Evil East as well who've now gone on to Lucha Underground. Yeah. Well, again, did they, they, they... I know they've moved on to Lucha Underground, but did they ever get a fair crack in the WWE? Probably not. No. You know, were they ever given well, a push? Were they ever... I don't remember seeing them. Really? Well, if Matt... They, there was that episode we watched together, I think you came around mine and we watched yeah. it. And it was... Um, he was in the ring with like Luke or one of the other guys and it was he wasn't getting much offense offense in. Yeah. And Austin was like, You need to get more offense in. He's like, yeah. Well I can show you what I can do. He's yeah. Like, cause he was quite athletic and stuff. But they just didn't Yeah. Again he was quite he's like he's athletic and he's quite muscular, but he's like he's only like five seven, five six, yeah, five yeah. five or something. It's, it's not the look that they were going for. Um but I see again. You can almost look at that nowadays, and they are starting to move away from that. Yeah, I think it'll help more when Triple H is taking more control. Still think he's a cunt. Yeah, we'll come <laughs> to that later. It's, I assume at some point. But he's changing almost the thoughts of people, and Vince is having seems to be having less and less say. We're having less and less like. You know, you don't have somebody like fucking Jim Duggan running around anymore. <laughs> that guy can fucking bite me. <laughs> Sorry, no. Hate Jim Duggan before we get anywhere. Uh, just there. Just gonna throw that out there. He's a fucking shit wrestler, and I hate the fact they keep bringing him back for one-off matches. <sighs> <laughs> so angry, Uncle. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm just like. Like, fuck this guy. Yeah, fuck this guy. <laughs> right, this guy refuses to lose, refuses to put anybody over, and has never got over himself. But it's Hogan's buddy, so he got a fucking rub back in the eighties that he didn't deserve. And you know, it's, it's one of them stereotypical. Oh, he's got the size. He used to play football, but he's yeah. never been a wrestler. He's not a proper wrestler, and that's mm. not the way I see him. And yeah, people like that, you know, are getting almost getting phased out. We're having all these amazing matches on TV now. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, even you think even back to the 90s, when when people did like a 60-minute Ironman match, it was like, how are they going to do 60 minutes? Yeah. Matches are eight minutes long. Yeah. If that, that's a long match, eight minutes. And now you're doing a 60-minute match. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, they fuck it up nowadays because they put stupid rules in like, oh, there's a... You know, a pin in an Ironman match. We're having a five-minute break. What? Stupid. But, you know, you're moving towards matches lasting longer, matches being more, almost more spot-festy, yeah. in a way. Like, it's a lot less kick-punch, and you're getting more actual moves, more, you know... Spe- more of a story in Yeah, the match, exactly, actually. yeah. Does it... Again, you talk. You spoke about. Uh, you mentioned ring psychology briefly before with yeah. Jake Snake Roberts. Jake Snake Roberts back in the day used to put on great matches. What considered great matches back in the day? You watch one of them now, you're thinking, "What the hell am I watching?" Yeah. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, everybody's putting on great matches. So again, you need. This is where I going back to a point at the very beginning about character and about you know getting a character over. This is part of the problem. 
is everybody's having a great matches, so how do you make yourself stand out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the problem I, nowadays is everyone, it's like they always say, everyone has their own opinion or whatever. Yeah. And like, what well, I might see a great match is like, you'd be like, well, no, it wasn't that great actually because of yeah. this. Yeah. Or it's like the, the one of the best examples was the, I don't know if you've seen it, the Will Ospreay Ricochet. In no, Japan. no, I've not seen it. Um, essentially, it was spot after spot after spot. It right. was very, very well done. Yeah. Um, they went 14, Will Ospreay said we were given 15 minutes, we went 14.55. Right. Um, but it's a lot of high flying stuff and Vader was like this is this isn't wrestling this is just flips and all that yeah, sort of yeah. shit and of course Vader been old school mentality and Jim Cornette as well yeah. sort of ripped it apart I was like no that's not a match it's, it's like, yeah. well, you're both sort of stuck in the 80s in Smoky yeah. Mountain and oh yeah <laughs> they are though I mean, but again that's it's what it's what you consider to be a match I mean do you think Ric Flair put on great matches night after night I think Ric Flair was a great performer Mm, possibly just above average actual wrestler. Yeah. Um, but if Ric Flair in heyday Ric Flair tried to get over now, it wouldn't get over because his yeah. matches aren't as, you know, they're not as great as every single other match that you see in because mm. he wrestles a completely different style. Wrestling isn't the same yeah. anymore. You know, I think that's why the cruiserweights are being brought back into it and I think they get over a lot more because every match has it can have all these flips it can have all the you know the flip to do's and whatnot. but they're all great technically as well yeah. and there'll be some that are literally map based yeah like Noam Dar like Noam Dar yeah exactly and that that ability gets them over and I mean I, I'm not saying they're on the same level of map based wrestling as a Kurt Angle or a Chris Benoit or whatever <gasps> Taru name <laughs> yeah fine <laughs> I agree with that. Views. I get where you're going with from, yeah. Yeah, you know, the, you, if you, I mean, you watch some of the matches that Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle had. In fact... Like uh, two out of threes and stuff. Yeah, or like, I'm thinking, was it a triple threat? Was it a triple threat ladder match with Benoit, Jericho, and somebody I can't remember. And it ended with Jericho putting one of them in the walls of Jericho on top of a ladder. I can't remember it. And it, was I know it? it was for the IC title. It might have just been Jericho and Benoit. Was it not like a six-man or something? Oh, I don't know. Matt, I can't... I can't feel like... Jeff Hardy match. or something he put in the, the it walls? It could have been, but it was... Like, again, but these... The, you know, Jericho, I'd throw him in there. Jericho, Benoit, Kurt Angle. Matt-based wrestling that's really, really entertaining. Yeah. And they're technically so good. You don't need all these high-flying and flips. And when they come up against somebody who does all that, they ground them, and then you have a story in the match. So, going to work the knee, work the ankles, you know, work the yeah. leg, essentially. So, this high flyer can't go high flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And I think, like... That, again, comes back to your psychology and yeah. stuff like that. Well, exactly, building a story you in the match. Your story, yeah. So, again, this is how you did... That's how they differentiate themselves from all these other amazing matches. Mm. So... It's again. It's it is personal opinion. It's what you enjoy watching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I personally, I mean, I love the Attitude Era, but it was a lot of brawl to the outside, and you know, going through the crowd, and this, that, and the other. Still, the psychology was 
amazing because the characters were amazing, yeah. even if the matches weren't. You know that got it over. Nowadays, characters taking almost taking a back seat for a lot of it. Um, you know, I think uh, especially like you think about the generic themes they have now. Yeah. Which, I know uh, Seth Rollins uh, I think he's getting a new theme but his is I think I read that somewhere but his theme very very generic I think they all are very very generic Roman Reigns is still using the shield theme yeah and it's like well why did you get that yeah you know why are you still wearing the body armour exactly exactly (laughs) so I think the characters aren't so important now because the matches are you know they come across as spectacular and amazing but you lack that character so Again, I lack the emotional investment in it, mm-hmm. almost to a certain extent, which is why I don't watch it as often as I frequently should, um, or feel as though I should. It's, do I have the time to go and find the free hours of Raw to watch it all? No. Plus the two hours of SmackDown, the hour of NXT, the hour of the Cruiserweight Classic. Exactly. So, it, it, I, I was listening to... I was listening Plus to some, a possible pay-per-view with a pre-show and a post-show. Yeah. Well, there's a pre-show for Raw now yeah. on YouTube as well. So, you've got the pre-show to every single Raw, yeah. which is already three hours long. So, essentially, you're watching a WrestleMania-long pay-per-view every time you watch Raw. Yeah. There's nobody on earth has the time to sit and just watch. <laughs> you couldn't keep up with the wrestling nowadays because yeah. you'd have to watch, like you say, you've got Raw with its own pre show, SmackDown, you've got a pay per view, NXT, Cruiserweight Classic, you might even watch TNA, dare I say it, or ROH or something like that. You don't have time to watch all of these shows. This is my next point I was going to go on to because it's like nowadays you have all these companies around the world. Like yeah. They're on demand systems, stuff like that. Yeah. PCW is on demand, ICW is on demand, Progress on demand, Southside I think has an on demand, right. Hope Wrestling has an on demand, New Japan has an on demand, Ring of Honor I think has on demand, Evolve has on demand, Chikara you can watch on demand, um, PWG you can like, I think you can stream them or something like that, or buy right, them right. It's So like you can go on like Smart Mart Video or one of the two things and you can, or High Spots, you can rent or buy mp4 shows yeah and stream them and i think again botchamania put like the list of shows that week it was like 60 hours of wrestling or something that was available to watch that week <sighs> again you, you, can't, you can't so many diff- different shows and you, stuff you and can't you can't you just can't keep up i mean I, I, i'd say you know okay you, you would have watched wwe because that's where all the best wrestlers are um for the majority there is no doubt about it I'd I'd hasten to say you could probably watch bits of WWE and still be up to date with what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, pick whatever show your favourite character is on and watch that show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, and then... I know some people just like, oh, I only watch, I only tune in for their segments and their matches. The rest of it I don't bother watching. Right, right. Well, again, that's... I'm not going to argue with doing that. I'd say give PCW a look. Uh, I haven't, I'll be open and honest, I haven't been to a show for a while. Um, but Your boy is champ. No oh, is he? Oh, yeah, I knew that. I knew he was champ. Yeah. Who did you think of him about? Yeah, no, I knew he was champ. Yeah, my boy. <laughs> He's definitely a boy. Well, he is a boy. He is a boy. Uh, for the listeners at home, a boy is somebody who has never won a major title. So by major title, I mean they can't have been a WCW champion, WWE champion, World Heavyweight champion. Uh, I'd 
probably throw in ECW champion as well since it was on TV. Um, so you can't have been one of these champs, yeah. So therefore, you could be a boy because a champion is not a boy because he's he's had it. Yeah, Noam Dar, boy. Yeah, what he is, he's a boy. So I've just never heard. It's the first time I've actually heard someone reference it as a boy before. A boy, like, yeah. You can have a stable of boys. It's, so your stable, your stable of boys is your is your. The stable only, of boys. Yeah. The term like boy I've heard about is like in Japan they have what they're called the, the young boys, which are the ones if you're new into the business, it's right. you're paying your dues in. So you, you carry all the luggage, you set up the ring, you're like a, you're essentially like a runner. Right, right. You're doing this, that. You set up the chairs, you do tickets. Oh. You essentially you're like the the um, you're the one who gets ribbed constantly, stuff like that. Right, right. Um, no. Like I heard about a, a racist tirade once from from like one of the. Like Japanese legends, like got one of the the young boys, blacked him up. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Jericho sat there in the locker room, and he brings him through, and he's like, ha ha ha. And then like this racist slur, right, and he's, right. like, he's like, that's not funny. It's actually quite offensive. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you that one off the air. <laughs> yeah. No, say this. The... You know, I, I don't know. I I I have a stable of boys, but it's more. Of... A case of, well, is this guy a boy? And I'd be like, mm, yeah, go on then, he could be a boy. But the thing is, you have to take him out because if they win a title, you got to take him out. Like for a long time, I'm guessing Finn Balor would have been a lot of people boy, but Finn Balor's held the title, so he can't be the boy no more. Come <laughs> 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 on, Coach, so you got to, have you got any boys? You must have, a, you must have a boy. Cesaro, is he a boy? Oh yeah, never had a title. So yeah, yeah, but you know, again, they ask there'd be something that attracts you to them. You know, they could be super shit, and that's why they're your boy. Yeah. Well, for me, there was like back in the day, there was Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer, but he held the ECW title. Yeah, so he is. So so he can't be a boy. I'm trying to think of that. (laughs) The problem is, even like all this, I'd say Shinsuke Nakamura, but he's like the current NXT champion. Well, NXT champ, I'm not counting that because it's a developmental league, hmm. essentially. That's what it's played out as. So I wouldn't class it. So he could be a boy. Kote Ayabushi. Kote Ayabushi. Yeah. He's a boy. Mm, yeah. I mean, I'm just going based on some of the matches I've seen because I think he's awesome. Yeah. But he's a boy. <laughs> you know, um, D'Lo Brown, boy. D'Lo Brown is a boy. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> this term is like <laughs> stable of boys. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how you've never heard of this before. <laughs> is that at least called the job squad? No, no, it's a boy. Steve Blackman, boy. <laughs> Ken Shamrock, he's a boy as well. Steve Blackman, Ken Shamrock, they're definitely in there. Uh, Perry Saturn, Perry Saturn, <laughs> he's got to be a boy. The man was absolutely <laughs> off his skull the whole run. The whole run. <laughs> Definitely a boy. <laughs> oh, and the problem is, is like Car- Great Carly has held the world title. Yeah, but Great Carly is not going to be known for his boy. Everybody hated watching <laughs> that guy. Be. Everyone hated that guy. But that guy, in that, that, ma- that man who got wellness before his own <laughs> style match, and therefore the Big Show had to replace him after on like fifteen minutes notice. Come on, <laughs> headline headline in the pay per view in a Punjabi prison match. Oh shit, he's pissed hot. <laughs> Fuck, um, Big Show, you do it. 
absolutely epic. A man who couldn't fucking walk <laughs> pisses hot. <laughs> absolutely fucking <laughs> epic. I'm trying to think of who else is a boy. See, Dolph Ziggler can't be a boy because he held the title. I know it was for only a brief period of time, but he held the title. See, Jack Swagger can't be a boy. Yeah, but Dolph Ziggler had one of the best memes ever. Which... You know, when he won it the night after Mania, and he's oh, yeah. called his, his fame like I'm here to show the world. Yeah. Crowd goes mental that comes running out and I like, picture him holding the belt afterwards. I just showed the fucking world. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, sold, yeah. that sold me on Ziggler. Yeah, it, and then they <laughs> fucking quashed it after like three weeks. Yeah. Fucking stupid, and they put the belt back on Del Rio. Del Rio can fuck off. I'm sorry, I hate he's that. He's banging thing. Page currently. Yeah, he's asked for a release. Yeah, and, and they both put well at the same time. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. <laughs> I'm guessing they're both pissed hot. I'm guessing so. Oh well. <laughs> Fuck page, your brothers are weird. Um, <laughs> but no, again, I'm trying to think of who else is a boy. Mm. Dennis Stamp. Who? <laughs> you know, if, um, Jim Powers is a boy. Jim, oh, nah, this, isn't Jim the, this isn't the Jim Powers that everybody else is thinking about that I've just mentioned. This is the Jim Powers that I saw in uh, PCW. He is definitely he blown a boy. Up a this is a man I've never laughed so much at a wrestling match in my life. I nearly ended up off my chair. <laughs> that was just the most epically funny thing I've ever seen. This massive fat guy. <laughs> brilliant. Oh, absolutely Brilliant. And then, oh, and then when Bad News Brown gets hold of him, Bad News Brown, Rampage Brown, Rampage Brown, yeah. fucking hell, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised he didn't go down for attempted murder. <laughs> it was fucking harsh. That guy is stiff, <laughs> but absolutely brilliant. The most, the funniest things I've ever seen. It really is, especially in wrestling. <laughs> uh, especially wrestling. He, he's a boy. Well, I'm gonna as we sort of get towards the end. I want your opinion on some bits. All like oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be a few like a William Regal boy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic, fantastic. I love the style, that old British style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt wrestling, Matt wrestling is my thing. Uh, be openly honest, Kurt Angle is my favorite wrestler of all time. Can't be a boy, but favorite wrestler of all time. Well, would you say Kurt Angle got you into Matt wrestling, or would you say yes? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, definitely. Um, it was reading his book, really, that's, that that it almost kind of sold it to me. I, I, again, I, I love the idea of the, the almost the geeky heel who doesn't realise he's a heel. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it, I don't know why, but that seemed to resonate with me. Uh, and he first come in, he's like, I'm going to be your hero, and, blah, blah, yeah. and then it's just Matt wrestling, the most, what 90% of people, especially in Attitude Era, just looks like, fuck me, that's boring. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when he's just out wrestling somebody and then he can't do anything and it's literally map move, map move, map move, pin. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> what, what did he do? <laughs> there was the, um, the Art of Wrestling podcast. All oh, right. Um, yeah, Colt Kamara had Dave Taylor on it one day. Right. And he's like, oh, we're in uh, WCW and I had um, they gave me Sting to work. Yeah. <laughs> and I put him in his old and I was like it's, it was a simple way to go all he had to do was move his leg and he'd be out of it Yeah. and he put him in it and Sting's just like sort of like shit it and didn't know he didn't know how to get out of it because he was about wrestling yeah yeah and so he got to the back after and he's like you shouldn't have put that on me I didn't know how to get out of it he's like all you had to do was take your leg out of it yeah and you'd have yeah. been fine <laughs> yeah exactly but again that 
I mean, I read it, say reading his book, and he, he taught. It's I don't know how true a lot of the stuff in the book is. He talks a lot about in in wrestling, like wrestling in college, because mm-hmm. it's all about the lead up to the Olympics, yeah, winning the Olympics, and then with it, a like, broken freaking neck, yeah, and then <laughs> which is true, I believe. And then going into the WWE and his run up until um, dropping the belt back to the Rock, yeah, yeah, before WrestleMania X Seven. Mm-hmm. So that's what it covers. And he talks a lot about like his football career and how he basically had a choice of moving down to Carolina to play football on a scholarship, or staying in Pittsburgh and wrestling on a scholarship. Mm. Um, this was a, when he's going from high school into college. Yeah, and his dad had just died. Uh, he died in a crane accident he fell out of his crane and landed Damn. on his head uh, yeah and the, basically it was, was the the culmination of the story really is he chose to stay in Pittsburgh and do wrestling mm-hmm. because he wanted to be close to his mum and right. like his family because yeah. all along they go about on about how important family is to them and obviously he's got a lot of brothers and stuff yeah. like that um, but again, some of the things that is whether you, whether you believe it or not is like he talks about how he was like, oh well, he um, you know his, his dad died, and then he went and played football the next day because he didn't feel as though he processed it properly, and then he had like the best game of his career and stuff <laughs> like that. And he talks about how he was like you know undefeated in wrestling and stuff, and I'm like, did he score four such times in a single game? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Al Bundy. <laughs> I don't think it was quite four, but he was taught because he played because he played linebacker and fullback, which nobody will really understand outside of maybe me and a couple of listeners. That I believe you have fans in America. Of, there's fans in America. I've got fans over here who watch NFL as well. Right, so, right. so and he was like saying about how I've, he, he made like 15 tackles and like 12 of them were for a loss, and he ran for like 200 yards on eight carries, and you know, and he was just like lighting it up and I was kind of like mm. and you know he was like oh that season I ended up having like a thousand yards it was like you're a fullback not, not like there's yeah. a difference between a fullback and a running back and it was like I've not looked these stats up but it seems like he was that much better than everybody else on his team there is no way that people wouldn't have picked him to play football mm-hmm. and he claims it was because he was too short but the man's not short yeah, yeah? He's he's a good six foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having having been stood next to the guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm five ten, five eleven, and he's taller than I am. Yeah, so he's not sh- he's not short by any stretch of imagination. Mm-hmm. And if he was as quick as he says he is, and as great as he says he is, there is no way he wouldn't have got a scholarship to play football. I just yeah. don't I don't believe it. Yeah, because. Um, at that age, his ability would have been off the charts. Yeah, type of thing. Again, it goes on obviously to wrestling, getting in training for the Olympics and stuff like that. But he is—that's what got me into my wrestling. It Kurt Angle's what almost drove me to watch more wrestling. Yeah, as as, as a kid, um, you know, obviously Stone Cold Steve Austin. When I first started watching, is kind of like. I missed a lot of the big stuff with McMahon when yeah. I first started watching. And The Rock was the champ. And then obviously you had Kurt Angle just came in like a, just a couple, couple, not too long later, actually. Uh, it was, I 
remember. He came in ninety nine. I can't remember. Late ninety nine. Because he had his undefeated streak until yeah. Royal Rumble two thousand. Yeah. So it was, but no, it was good. It say uh, that's what drove me to watch more. Say so what got you into it? Um, again, it's sort of going back to like that talk that Mike Quackenbush did. He was like, because at the time I was, it was ninety six. So I'd have been what nine. Yeah, nine. So for me, it was like the colourful characters, the large and life personas. Yeah. The fact it was like, well, to me at the time, it was like, shit, this is, is this real sort of thing? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, sitting like nine years old or whatever, it's like, of course, you think yeah. this is like, oh shit, you'd actually hit him. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, this guy's bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then as a sort of as you get older, it's like you start to realise it's like, well, actually, it is scripted and yeah, yeah, um, all that sort of thing. But it's like this stuff, like to me, there's like. Some of the comedy, like bits I've watched, wet myself laughing. At yeah, yeah. Even bits we've watched, we've been wetting ourselves laughing. Yeah, yeah. Um, or even sometimes it's like you watch, like, like when Dolph Ziggler cashed in and won the belt. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that was like an amazing um, moment. It really was. It's a shame they squashed like, it. Some of the the pay per views, like, rest, like one of my favourites, WrestleMania 18. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say one of the best pay per views probably of all time. WrestleMania 18? Yeah. You see, I, I, well... I know you've got a differing opinion. I, I it's not... It's not um, no, my favourite is WrestleMania 17 yeah. because it has the greatest match ever <laughs> on it. Um, and I just think the build to it was perfect. The commentary was perfect. The ending was... Well, I think it was perfect. It didn't obviously go over as they wanted to. I mean, talking about... Rock Austin 3 was it? Third time at WrestleMania? Yes. Rock Austin 2 was 17. Rock Austin 3 was 19. Alright, there you go. So Rock Austin 2. When Austin did the heel turn in Texas. Yeah. And it didn't go... People were still cheering for him yeah. at the end. But that's because we were in Texas. And I still think... Austin says it cost him a lot of money nowadays. Um, the one thing that I do regret is... Because um, I can't find it now. Is I down, uh, I used to listen to Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast, and he did a, a, like a, a play-by-play of the match, essentially from his point of view yeah. and how he was talking about it. And I never actually got to listen to it because oh, my right. phone crashed and I lost everything. Went back to try and find it, couldn't find it. So I'm, I'm I'll dig it out somewhere because I'd love to sit and watch the match and listen to That's what cool. he talks about. Yeah. You know him talking about it and. But I thought that match was brilliant and I was hooked on that match. And even now, like, I'll listen to somebody talk about that match or, like, I'll hear the the My Way and, like, the, the promo video for it, you know, at the beginning of the pay-per-view. And I can and talk about it now and I can feel the hair on, like, the back of my neck standing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, getting goosebumps about it because yeah. I was that emotionally invested in that match. That was the, that was the top of my enjoyment in wrestling. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, like, like I was, uh, I know it's, it, it's, I might be looked down upon to be that invested in it, but like, I remember, it wasn't that long ago when I rewatched it and it brought like a tear to my eye. I enjoyed it that much. It was like, wow, that was so like amazing as a blow yeah. off. as like a match. It was, <clears throat> everything about it was perfect. The, the music to the to you know the music to the promo package was perfect. Every that every little bit of commentary they pulled for that video 
perfect. Jim Ross at the end about Austin selling his soul. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I nearly used that in my wedding speech. It's like <laughs> that, you know, like you know, it's that big. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And Is I know, that what, does it have a Freddie Blassie voiceover? Uh, Blossy doesn't. I know he doesn't most of them. Right? I don't think he did do a Freddie. Bla- I don't think they did do a Freddie Blossy voiceover for it. I think it was bits of commentary, right? If I remember correctly, but no, it was uh, it was amazing. It really was. I'd almost say splice it in, but <laughs> <laughs> I would. But I was like, I can play five like five seconds before then it's like. I'll... I'd get sued otherwise because yeah. it's like using audio and stuff like that and I need a, a license and stuff which I can't be asked paying for oh right fair <laughs> enough fair enough otherwise it'd just be like it'd be yeah. audio, audio central <laughs> <laughs> but no what, what what did you like so much about 18 then because if I remember 18 was Jericho and Triple H in the main event yes but it wasn't considered the main event because it was Hogan Rack all over it it was which I think partially led to the the crown had been so dead, but then they threw in the women's match, whatever it was. Yeah, um, again, this, this is it. I don't. The, the pacing of WrestleMania 18, I don't think, was as good as 17 because you didn't have. You you need like the the big match. The big match was well. There was the two big matches. There was Rock and Hogan, yeah. and obviously the world title match, which was supposed to be your main event. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they did it in the right order by putting them on last because the world champion should be on last. Yeah. But like you say, the the crowd was dead because they hadn't got over the Hogan mm. rap match. Yeah. But because I remember yeah. sitting there impressed, and I think it was it twenty six, WrestleMania twenty six, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We were talking about say we were talking about like the lineup for the matches, whatever. Because mm-hmm. so, it was was it Taker. The Taker Michaels two or something or Taker, oh yeah I think Taker it was Taker Triple H yeah it was it was Taker was it Taker Trips two well technically three was it no that was later on I think it was one of them might have been Taker Michaels a rematch right right because they fought at twenty five yeah yeah it is yeah so yeah yeah it was I remember talking about the pace and like the pacing of that event like saying they need to have it on here and then. Save enough for the, whatever the main event was at the time. Yeah, because it, it was otherwise the crowd it would have been wrestling your eighteen all over again. Like the crowd has been yeah. gone. <laughs> well, yeah, because you because you build up the crowd. The crowd needs time to rest. Yeah, essentially, you can you, you know you can how can I put it? You build up so much, you use up so much energy and passion that you know. If you don't have that little bit of a break about uh, like a throwaway match, like, I know in recent WrestleManias or at least ones that I remember, they always have like one of them matches with a celebrity in it, yeah. And they throw yeah. that on just to because the crowd's dead anyway, and they don't care. It's a ten-minute match and just clears the air almost. Yeah. Well, go on. What's all it to you then? Well, it's, uh, eighteen. 18. Um, what do you consider to be the main event? I'd say Rock Hogan, but then like. The thing for me was like because I got it on DVD. Like, I've got it on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like the first, the first like I think one of the first actual pay per views I bought on DVD. Yeah, and because it had all the stuff on it, like it had all the lead up to Rob yeah. Hogan and the aftermath stuff on the Raw. Yeah, it does. Yeah, plus she had there's like all the backstage access stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, here's all the the molds we did for the yeah the yeah cast and stuff. And... It's basically a blizzard. <laughs> 
And um, <laughs> here's like WrestleMania six Hogan Warrior in the same arena or whatever and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, and then you had um, there was what was it Regal Regal Van Dam for the yeah uh, that was good title. It was that. Oh no, I'm thinking of a different match. I think I'm thinking that's the match where no, uh, Van Dam takes a bump rank. Um, then you have like there's the hardcore title stuff yeah yeah the smars yeah yeah with Maven (laughs) gold dust of all his gold his gold weapons gold weapons for gold gold dust gold weapons and there's like the bit with Molly Holly who gets the belt and then she like runs into the door (gasps) yeah the hurricane (laughs) shuts the door in her face and knocks her out no sorry it wasn't a hurricane it was Christian wasn't it yeah brilliant she she hits hurricane with a frying pan and he closes her off the door yeah, um, but it's also like there's a really good tag team four way. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, um, you've got Taker, Ric Flair, which wasn't that great if I remember rightly. It was yeah. I, I remember Taker Ric Flair. I remember the build up to it as well because I remember a specific point in the build up where I don't know where he was, but Taker went and attacked David Flair. <laughs> Fuck David Flair, um, worst wrestler actor ever whatever he is and I remember did he end up sat with him in the shower or something like oh, yeah, bleeding I remember him sitting there because he'd meant to like kick shit out of him yeah, he, yeah. Like, he just sort of sat there like yeah. arm round him going, arm round him come get him like, one little trickle of blood <laughs> come get him boy <laughs> well I chew some tobacco yeah that was just that was when Taker was going through the weird American <laughs> badass thing though again which and you have, but then you have like um, I think DDP Christian, which I remember. Was oh, European talent match, match that wasn't yeah. that bad. Yeah, um, you got like the women's match. Was that like, the triple threat one? Trish, Jazz, and Leto. Yeah, Trish and like, the Canadian gear. Yeah, yeah. Quite over, which I thought was a good match. Um, so you're like talking about? And you got like Hall Austin. Yeah, yeah. And. Is there a Nash match? No, there's not a Nash match on there. I can't remember. Can't remember oh, yeah, no, yeah. There's Hall Austin with Nash at ringside. Yeah. And they were expect. And um, I remember the. Because the fallout is from the Hogan rap match is when Nash and Hall turn on Hogan because yeah. he ref- he refused their help. Yeah. Um, even though they could have got him the win. Um, but no, I, I remember watching the, the Hogan rock match and sort of being enthralled in it because it was like, well, because the, like, the crowd sort of helped in a way because it's like one minute they're cheering for rock and then it's Hogan, then it's rock, then it's Hogan. Yeah. And it's like constant back and forth. Like, we don't know who we want to win, we can't decide. And we don't know if Hogan's heel or face or whatever and all that sort of thing. Like, yeah. It was who do we cheer for and who do we want to win because we don't know. And then, like, Rock won it, so he's like, yeah, I'm happy with that. And then, like, Hogan gets ditched for the interview or comes back in the red and yellow. And Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, that the thing that I, that I thought that was the best outcome of that was the... Um, the best outcome to me was we got Hollywood Rock at the end. <laughs> so, so ne- obviously, next night on Raw, oh, the fans of, you know, turning against you, cheered Hogan. What are you cheering Hogan for? You've yeah. got The Rock! And there's Hollywood <laughs> Rock and his new theme that takes like 10 minutes to that start. Was in, that was in 2003, you that in. Oh, the new theme? Yeah. But that was like the beginning of Hollywood Rock. Because that was, that he, he went away and did Mummy 2 or whatever. Right. Came back with the new tattoo and had the whole helicopter. Yeah, yeah. And he's like wearing leather. I was like, I'm back! And everyone's like, 
yeah, we know you're meant to be heels, we're going to boo you. <laughs> and then like, there's all Goldberg stuff at yeah. Backlash 2004 or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say I just I just thought I'd look down the card and see what else was on it uh, X7 because obviously we were talking about how much was on it yeah but X8 I think, about yeah no, we to, <laughs> I know I know you were talking about X8 but I remember most of the card of X8 <laughs> is there any matches I missed then what on X8 yeah uh, it's the only bits I remember is like you had Saliva did Superstar Live yeah Drown, that was Drowning cool Drowning Pool did Tearaway Live and the game yeah. but he was hammered by that point so he was messed up the lyrics oh yeah he was fucked um, up but again there was like the commentary for Triple H's entrance and he's like talking about how like the like that knee hanging by a thread yeah yeah the like, yeah the thigh injury yeah the quad injury sorry if you were excuse my language um matches so matches for uh, X8 a Rikishi, Scotty Too Hotty and Albert defeated Mr. Perfect, Lance Storm and Test. I don't well, remember that. Was that. that was on Heat, was it? That's why I don't remember it's like, it. It's, I think it's a special. So, yeah. RVD, RVD, William Regal, for the Continental title, opened the show. Yeah. Yeah, going to go with that. That's mm-hmm. a pretty decent opener. Diamond Dallas Page, Christian, good. Uh, hardcore title, Schmars. Kane defeated Kurt Angle. Oh, no, sorry. Kurt Angle defeated Kane oh, in, yeah. in 10.45. 10.45? I don't remember this, that. He, oh, he, the ring bell and the bell. concussion stuff. Oh yeah, you can't say that now. <laughs> yeah, can you? It was the bell for like five minutes, and then Kurt Angle was like kicked shit out of him. Pretty yeah, much. that wasn't. I don't remember that being particularly <laughs> great. It was. Take a Ric Flair, no DQ. Again, that was a bit iffy match. Edge defeated Booker T in six minutes thirty-two. See, I can't remember that match. It, it must, be, must be a bit of a throwaway. <laughs> yeah, I think it was at that point because you're setting up to because you've had Taker on, so now you're setting up to you've got Austin Hall, which was yeah. after it. Which I don't remember being particularly great because I was kind of like, why is Austin that far down on the card? Yeah, why is he taking on Scott Hall? It just yeah, seems like well, with nothing else for you, so you fancy taking on Scott Hall? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get your main, you pay off. <laughs> then there was the good, the four elimination tag match for the yeah. titles. That was a great match. That was a really good match. Then Rock Hogan. Then you had the women's match. Mm-hmm. But how long did the women's match go? You see, the women's match went six minutes. So you've had 16 minutes of Rock Hogan. So you can imagine the crowd like yeah. up and down for that whole match or even just up the whole time. People were on their feet, if I remember watching it. And then you had a six-minute breather and then 1841 of Trips Jericho. Yeah. But, again, yeah. it's... The thing is, like you've... Like you said, the only, the only issue I had with the pacing of X8 was that last bit. Because I thought the women's match was good, but a little yeah. too small, a little too short. That could have gone maybe eight minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, your opening two matches are great. Your yeah. hardcore schmars is a hardcore schmars. K match, throwaway. Don't remember it. Yeah, the tag title match was great. The, you know, the, it, it's like every card. Every card has like good matches, has bad matches. But I think I understand why. Rock and Hogan is so big to people. I understand why you, you, you put yeah. that match. You know, you, you say that match makes that pay per view because it was the main event. I don't, yeah. you know, despite what Triple H and Jericho will say, the, at that that day the title was smaller than that match. Well, I think if like nowadays, say like they've done they've done it now, yeah, in the age you're in rather than yeah, sixteen years ago, whatever it was. I think it'd be a, a different. Um, yeah, hell of a different like 
pay-per-view layout. Yeah. Like, I think you would have had Rock Austin on last. No, Rock, Rock Hogan. Hogan on last even, sorry. Yeah, they seem more, um, they seem less afraid of putting of doing that now and have and relegating the title match, but do you not feel as though that makes the champions look cheap or weak? Well, they did at SummerSlam. The one just gone. They had the the two Raw, they had the Raw and SmackDown yeah. title matches, but then you had Lesnar Orton headlining. Oh yeah, which, which is supposed to be shite. Yeah, I don't. I, I've not seen it. I've not because some, they made SummerSlam four hours. I've only watched two of it, and I couldn't be asked anymore. No, I thought that shit. <laughs> but you see, the thing is, matches like Lesnar Orton. There was no build to that match, really. From what I, I, you know, if it was that important to headline a SummerSlam, which is supposed to be your your secondary big pay per view, yeah. you know, Mania, SummerSlam, your two big ones. I don't remember being there being that much build. I know Lesnar was in the UFC and pissed hot, and I know Randy Orton always pisses hot. So my understanding was there wasn't really a build, so there wasn't really going to be that ring psychology. And Lesnar just kills people, which is why he can't really headline. Because he has to win, yeah. and he has to win clean and quite like devastatingly. Yeah. Um, I think it was quite funny. I know when he first made his return and he got beat by Cena, he absolutely killed Cena, and then Cena won on a fluke. And I, <laughs> the funny thing about it is Vince did it because he was afraid Lesnar would just bolt and go back to the UFC. Yeah. He just like renege on his contract and just jump out straight away. But. Um... Did you ever watch the? Because um, we were we watched WrestleMania, f- was it thirty? We watched together when it was oh yeah, yeah. Taker Lesnar yeah, and um, there's like the guy in the front row like yeah looking yeah. absolutely shocked yeah yeah uh, Ellis whatever he's called yeah yeah and there's him like looking shocked but then there was Paul Heyman did the evening with Paul Heyman's recently right right and. Someone asked. Oh yeah, do you yeah, whether then, they thought it was a work? Yeah, but yeah. He's like, let me put this bit of doubt in your mind. Yeah, it's like three people knew the ending or how yeah. that match was going to end. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Myself. Yeah. And Vince McMahon. Yeah. And it's like Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants. Yeah. Say. He was told he was going to lose. Yeah. He chose not to. He purposely gave The Undertaker a concussion. Yeah. He purposely held the leg harder than he should have. So Taker couldn't kick out. Yeah. That's why there was the graphic change. That's yeah. why there was confusion. Yeah. Like, did Bob Lesnar do it? Or didn't he? Yeah. Not, yeah, and he kept it quiet. Yeah, I watched. Oh, you I watched a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, wa- I remember watching that video. I was sat. I was actually. I was at somebody else's wedding when that came on Facebook, <laughs> right? And what had happened was, uh, obviously, in the getting ready for a wedding, you got to get dressed up in a suit, blah blah blah, yeah. all that schmaltz. Yeah, and the wife had forgotten her wedding rings. Yeah, because uh, obviously, um, take them off to do. Like yeah, makeup nails and all that, and like stuff, nails like. and stuff. Yeah, so we left the wedding. Like, so we got there late. We arrived late. Yeah, um, James Bunkle is never late. What happened? Uh, James Bunkle is never late, <laughs> except for uh, traffic, because um, I had quite a way to go. And yeah, arrived late. 
Um, not just just as the bride was pulling up, actually. So we managed to just like scoot into the room. Yeah. And um, uh, he won't listen to it. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he might. He won't. <laughs> he doesn't. I don't think he really does podcasts. I don't know. Maybe he does, but he spends half his time in France. I've now given away who it is. So anyway, um, <laughs> I was there on time, Mr. as far X. as you know. Um, and then we got to the reception. So you had the wedding, and then it was. Did they make us? No, they didn't. They didn't want us to pose. For, stay around for pictures. Then we ended up. We had to drive from the church to, which was in Sands to Lytham, which, yeah. and we we got there. I had a few drinks. Um, surprise, and, surprise. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, and then we thought, well, we don't know how long they're going to be, because we didn't. So we came back. We came, we came back to get her rings, but we met someone halfway abroad. Yeah. And it came on while I was on the car journey back. This popped up on my, on my, on my Facebook feed. And I was like, watching it. And I'm mm-hmm. listening to him talk, and I'm thinking... No way. And it was like, but no one could stop Brock Lesnar doing what he wants to yeah. do. Because I was just thinking, I was thinking, and because it's Heyman, and Heyman is so charismatic and so good. Yeah. You're like, you're hooked on every word already. And I, I've not seen any of the rest of it. I'm just in this, like, this yeah. cut bit. And it's like, you couldn't stop Brock Lesnar. Even if The Undertaker wanted to, yeah. he couldn't stop. Brock Lesnar from beating him. Nobody could. Nobody can stop yes. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So it's not. It's not even. Not even like he. Have, he's got creative control. It's just you can't stop him. Yeah. You've paid this guy X amount of millions to do what he wants. <laughs> he could just hijack your show. Yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> it's, it's sort of it's put that thought in my mind now of like because I remember you told me the story of when he asked uh, his wife his now wife Rena Miro or oh, formerly yeah. Sable yeah. On, on a date by breaking into her house yeah yeah he's, and then he, he literally stalked her and then broke into her house and refused to leave until she went on a date with him yeah. and now they're married Brock Lesnar does what he wants <laughs> <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me, but then it'd be that thing of like he's just walk, he's walk, but he's walked into gorilla gorilla position after the yeah. match. He's like, who was gonna walk up to him and say, "What the fuck did you just do?" Yeah, no one. No, <laughs> you can you can imagine it. You can imagine like. You but know. then the problem is he's done it, and it's like the Facebook blew up, yeah. Twitter blew up, yeah, and it's like you've just created us a whole shitload of hype. Yeah, well that's <laughs> by it. doing it's, what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. it again. I, I'm. If we were, if we look at it, and you work on the assumption that it wasn't a work, it was a shoot that he just yeah. he concussed him on purpose, and he pinned him. If you're listening, you don't know what a shoot is. Essentially, it means legit. Yeah, yeah. If, if he just did, means. if Brock Lesnar <laughs> did what Brock Lesnar wanted to do, yeah. A, he's a smarter businessman than Vince is because yeah. Vince would. I, I don't. If I don't think Vince would have done, would have put him over. Mm-hmm. I just don't, because um, I think he was looking at it as, oh, I'm just going to keep this street going and I'm going to keep selling it. Yeah, until until basically until Lesnar passes, uh, until uh, Lesnar, the Undertaker decides I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. I cannot come back 
and make my million dollars or whatever it is every year. Mm. Yeah, he'll, he'll be in a wheelchair, probably, by the time he does that. But I think what hurts it, like, yeah, he, he Brock Lesnar winning that meant Brock Lesnar now can't lose. Mm. And I don't, I don't think he has lost since. Uh, um, I don't think so. The and because he massacred Dean Ambrose this year at Mania. Yeah, and now Dean Ambrose is somehow SmackDown champ. Yeah, which I don't get understand the logic of. They drafted him. Yeah, when he, he won the world title, like the, the proper world title, and they drafted him to so now SmackDown champ. But again, I don't. I understand why they wanted to do the brand split. I yeah. get it because back in the day when they did the brand split, they had all this talent. And they had to do something with it, mm. yeah. But the champ used to move between both shows, yeah, which was good. Now you have separate ones, and you're hoping that they can sell it. But you're going to end up with a world champion and a WWE champion type yeah, thing. The and universal gonna, champion now. Yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have the guy curtain jerking. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be pointless. Mm. So. Provide the, the 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 thing that they'd have to do with that is they have to stick with them straight away. You you can't almost pitch one over the other. You can't have one curtain jerk and one end the show. Yeah. They both need to be at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But Lesnar can't lose. You can't put Lesnar in a title match because if he loses, the guy who beat the streaks lost. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what annoys me about the Undertaker still coming back. He should have stopped because there is no reason to keep bringing him back for every WrestleMania. The streak's gone. And he's coming back and he's just jobbing out young guys and not putting people over. And it just looks like it's an old guy who doesn't want to relinquish his, his spot, yeah. basically. He's holding people back. And that's what it comes across as. You did, you lost by Brock Lesnar's <laughs> will or booking, whatever it was. You got beat. Give up. Yeah. I, I don't need to see a near 50 year old man or whatever he is mm. try to wrestle yeah Fair e- every year he gets on that top rope and does the walking along the top rope and I think he's going to die this time <laughs> he's going to he's going to fall he's going to yeah. fall out the ring and land on his head because yeah. he, he's old and I don't care what work he's doing to keep in shape I think the, the worst one was that one that was twenty five when he did the jump that jump that leap over the top rope and just came down head, oh, head yeah, first. Jesus. Like, uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> but again, I mean, even the Undertaker streak is something. I know that obviously it was manufactured, but you look at the people he's beat, and there's no real, you know, other than the WrestleMania thirteen match with Triple H, it was thirteen it was. Thirteen. Yeah, I'm sure it was thirteen. Thirteen or fourteen. Might have been fourteen. One of the, the the first one that they don't talk about anymore, yeah. yeah? The one that was good, yeah, and not because twelve tri- he dropped a trip. He dropped trips. Dropped the warrior on WrestleMania twelve. Yeah, oh, it might have been fourteen then. But the, yeah. the the first one anyway that they don't talk about now because it's not. I don't know why. Carry on, you pick yeah, interest yeah. now. I've got to see. So, you. so basically, that was a good match. The match with Randy Orton when Randy Orton was the Legend Killer, good match. Every other match he's been in, pretty shite. Or he's faced somebody that doesn't matter. Ooh, Mark Henry, he's going to beat the streak. No, he's not. Yeah. Giant Gonzalez, he's going to... No, he's not. Giant Gonzalez, yeah, come on. The, the streak didn't really become a thing until... 
like no, but it, did it, it really. was because the 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 you you can't tell me that Vince McMahon didn't know he was undefeated at WrestleMania. You can't tell me that he didn't plan that for years, for twenty plus years. He he's not I, stupid. I this is a, this was... is a man who freaks out when he sneezes no, I mean, like... because he loses control. <laughs> Because the... he can't stop an involuntary action of sneezing. This is a man who literally has left meetings because he sneezed. I sneezed. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> was, it, was it Heyman who was Heyman talking about talking it? Heyman was talking about it, yeah. Vince McMahon sneezed in front of him once, and he's like, he's like, what's wrong, sir? And he's like, I sneezed, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, do, this do is you a... want a tissue? Do yeah, you... <laughs> this is a man who's that much of a control freak. But no, I mean, like in terms of, there was never... As far as I'm aware, there was never, or as I can remember, there was never any point made about the streak un- yeah. up until recently. It was never, oh, he's undefeated. Like, it was never, a big point was never made about the number of people yeah, defeated yeah. until it was like, oh, he's 15 and 0, or 16 yeah. and 0, whatever. Um, oh, maybe. Uh, you so know. Let's have a look. Right. First was Jimmy, Jacob, uh, Jimmy Jacobs, Jim, Jimmy Snocker, WrestleMania 7, yeah. in 91. 92, it was Jake Roberts, WrestleMania 8. Uh, Jane Gonzalez, WrestleMania 9. King Kong Bundy, WrestleMania 11. Yeah, Bundy, he was over. <laughs> well, all these matches, though. Four, t- 4 minutes 20. 6 minutes 36. 7.33 by DQ on Jane Gonzalez. King Kong Bundy, 6 minutes 36. And then you have Diesel at WrestleMania 12, 16 minutes 46. Psycho Sid at WrestleMania 13, 21 minutes 19. <laughs> Kane at 14, 16 minutes 58. Bossman at 15, 9 minutes 46. I'm way out. Triple H at 17, which is the first confrontation. 18, 17. 17, that's why. There you go, there's another great match on 17. 18, uh, Ric Flair, 18 minutes 47. WrestleMania uh, 19, Big Show in A Train, 9 minutes 45. Okay. Um, Kane at WrestleMania 20, which is 7 minutes 45. And then you have like Randy Orton at 21, which is 13 0, 14 minutes 14. That Mark was a good match. Mark Henry in a casket match at WrestleMania 22, which is 9 minutes 26. Oh. Uh, Batista at 23, which is 15 47. <laughs> Edge at 24, which is 23 50. Well, people say that's a good match. I don't remember. Uh, Michael at 25, which is 30 41. That was a good match. Michael's again at 26, which is 20, 23 59. Uh, take uh, Triple H at 27, which is 29-22. Then take uh, Trips again at tw- uh, in 2012 at 28, which was 30 minutes 50. And then Punk in at 22.07 at 29. See, again, I don't. Th- a lot of those matches, I don't think. I, you know, you, you you look at the you look down the names on there. And, you know, I don't think that a lot of them are great matches. Yeah, uh, and. This is the thing. This I, I, I don't know. I, I, they built it up, and I understand it. I understand why. They, I understand. I understand why you use that as a, a USP, a unique selling point. Mm. But once he'd done the job and he got beat, he then just squashing young guys. So I, I, I mean, I can't think of. I know he's. Um, has he had Triple H again since then? Uh, I know he's fought um, Bray Wyatt in one. Yeah. And beat Bray Wyatt in like nine minutes or whatever it might have been. And it's like, well, why? 
Mm. Bray Wyatt was supposed to be the next big up and coming thing. The guy who's great on the mic, not bad in ring, great on the mic. Yeah, squashing. Yeah. Just, just, just kill his heat completely. This, he sort of um, Bray Wyatt said though before he's like, I'm in no rush to main event or anything. He's like, I'm sort of, sort of pacing myself because I think he's 27, 26, 27, something like that. He's still quite young. Yeah. Um, but again, like Bray Wyatt, his opening like his debut, I was pretty much sold on him straight away. Like yeah. the, the vignette they did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Oh um, no, I completely agree with that. And I think they need to bring that element of Bray Wyatt back into it. Yeah. Rather than him just like doing a load of bloody cryptic nonsense and then having like a average match. Yeah. Getting beat by like Ryback or someone. Like, for no reason. Yeah, well, that's it. This is like, the booking with Bray Wyatt has never made any sense. Um, you know, going off topic from the Undertaker, um, this was a man who came in, was made to look like the next big thing, then jobbed out, then tried to make him look like the next big thing again, then jobbed him out again. Like at the at, always at the main pay per view. Yeah, and then. I mean, I don't know what they're doing with him now. Uh, I've not heard any hype. It's kind of like it's I like it died. Like they split. The, like, I remember when they split the other two guys from him, Roman and Rowan, um, Harper and Rowan, even Harper and Rowan. Yeah. yeah. I keep. Why are they calling Roman Harper? Is that that? You're thinking Roman Reigns. I'm thinking of a uh, starting strong safety for the New Orleans Saints, <laughs> um, which is really sad that I can recount that. Um, but. Yeah, Harper and Rowan split them from him. Now they're back, and now they're gone again. Yeah. And it's like, right, these two guys need a figurehead. They're, they're not. They're, neither of them are. Well, they don't talk, so I'm assuming they're not great on the mic. Mm. And their characters are based on the Bray Wyatt character. They they are his disciples. Yeah. So keep it that way. And the new guy, Braun Strowman, or whatever he's called, who they yeah. keep putting up against jobbers, fuck that for a month of Sundays. Again, well, a guy who looks guy. like he can't move, can't speak, but well, has the look. What, yeah, that's what Vince McMahon wants. Yeah, but it, this isn't making him look strong. Yeah, beating guy, beating <laughs> that guy with a triple chin. Yeah. Apparently this is what they wanted to do, though. They wanted to bring back the old, like, local jobbers and stuff to try and get people over. But it's not going to work. Um, it seems to be, in a way. But, like, I'm not sold on this Braun Strowman guy. Is no, I? I'm not. No, what, I, what I've seen has been below par. Yeah. But I think they need to... They need to, like, do what they did with Taker and get, like, Bray Wyatt a manager. Yeah. Who either speaks for him or just acts for him on his behalf. Like, yeah. Like yeah. how Undertaker had the urn. Yeah. Which is somehow somehow phased away, but that was apparently his power. Yeah. Like it helped him, it made him sit up and stuff. Like they should do yeah. that with the lantern. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, again, make the lantern like, the they, power. They, 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 they brought the whole Sister Abigail thing and they did that for a while and uh, his finish is called that. But we've never heard anything about it since. Yeah. You know, they started out with it and then it just stopped. Well, how about a woman manager who can talk a bit? Yeah. I don't know if they exist still, but <laughs> I'm sure you can find one. Mm. You know, and I'm not even sit- and the last thing I want them to do is to go, oh, here's this diva. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm asking for. What I'm asking for is a manager. Like, Miss Elizabeth was a manager. She never got in the ring. 
She did it in wrestling. She was a manager. I'm not saying it should be somebody who looks like her because that's a, she's too much of a beautiful woman yeah. for it, at least back in the day. Yeah, It needs to be, I don't know, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who could do it. But There's not many female managers about nowadays, really. Yeah, they're all but they need like a certain look, is what yeah. I mean. Like you can't go and just, you know, you can't just go and pluck some, you know, really good-looking young woman and stick her with Bray Wyatt. It's not going to yeah. work. It doesn't look right. You can't go and stick Maurice with him. Like you, yeah. her with the Miz makes sense. <laughs> yeah, taking someone like that, and putting Bray Wyatt doesn't work. But you need something, mm. anything. You know, to try try and put him back over. But I don't know. Well, I would have said like bring in like maybe a male manager. But well, then you could have do it, is, have it, it was just played a off. Have it played off that like Sister Abigail is was killed off or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. And then whether it's like Bray Wyatt's uncle or yeah, yeah, a relative of Bray Wyatt, mm. like an elder. Yeah. That sort of is mentoring him and yeah, stuff yeah. And, Again, yeah, it's it's something to add to the gimmick because you've you've built it up and squashed it that many times. Mm -hmm. It needs it needs freshening up. Is essentially what I'm saying, or we are saying. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Anything else you want to add, wrestling wise or wrestling wise? This could be like another two-hour tangent here, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's two it could, hours already, right? Could, I was going to say, this could be another two-hour tangent. Depends who you <laughs> want to talk about. Have you, have you got anything else written down? Well, I, w- I pretty much made a load of notes, because I did the bit of like the whole take us there. Yeah. It, it was 99 summed up, it's Poker Doom, DDP becomes champ for the first time, Triple H gets, becomes champ for the first time, as does VKM. You have Over the Edge 99 with Owen Hart falling. You've got the West Texas Rednecks. The Hero is a wrestling pay-per-view. Kennel in a Cell. Kennel in a Cell. Jericho debuts as well. Oh, Hell in a Kennel, you mean? Yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah. That, that shite. Yeah. Um, the whole It's Me Austin segment. Yeah. And then you have, like... Um, they also brought out Beyond the Mat. Right. Well, to pick up... So, to pick up on a few of them. Hell in a Kennel. Stupid idea. Um... Made no stupid sense. Story stupid storyline. Well, yeah, it was a stupid storyline. But again, Al Snow is a comedy character. I hate the big boss man. <laughs> I I don't know why, but I hate him. I hate him every, every, every match that I've seen him in. I can't think of a decent one. I hate them all. And like this is a man who's been around since like the 80s. Yeah. And was like... A bad guy, then Hogan's best mate, and then a bad guy, and then just a bodyguard, but a really shit one, and a cop, but again a really shit one, and a ref, but a really shit one. Big Bubba Rogers at one point. Uh, What's my gimmick? You have no gimmick. You're Big Bubba, okay? Yeah, you have no gimmick. Still, with the finish, it's still called the Boss Man Slam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's one of those. Mate, he's, Hogan's yeah. mate, so I'm safe. Yeah, he's one of those people that I don't think was a particularly great worker. I don't think it was a particularly good promo, but had longevity for some strange reason. I, 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 never I held a world title. Either. Never held a world title. He's not a boy. <laughs> he's not a boy. Because I don't. No, he's not a boy. 
Jim Duggan, again, right, right. is another version. He's your boy. He's not a boy. He's, he's not my boy. boy. No, he's not my boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think... He's <laughs> your boy. He's not a boy. Yeah, he's not a boy. I had somebody else in mind. I had somebody Stable else in mind. He's <laughs> not in the stable of boys. <laughs> I had just, I had somebody else in my head who's like who was like that who was oh Greg the Hammer Valentine yeah for some reason was around for ages but was terrible at everything <laughs> yeah. yeah the guy had like a number of managers that were supposed to be mouthpieces never got oh. him over tag team with Brutus Beefcake <laughs> didn't get over tag, tag team with Honky, honky. Man as well. never with, got over with Moon Blues. How'd that guy have such a long run? It makes absolutely no sense. There are certain guys in this business, I don't know how they do it, that beg a belief to me, because to me, they never get over, but they, uh, they, it's like they never do anything, so they're just around for, I think it's for that forever. Thing of you're, either, you're either kissing off ass, or you are, you come in and you're sort of, right, you're doing this, yes, okay. You're just sort of yeah. like a yes man, right? You're gonna you're gonna do you're gonna lose to this person, yes, okay. You're gonna tag team with this person, yes, okay. Yeah. You don't answer back. You don't. You just sort of turn up. You do the job. You get paid. You go home. You go out again. You do the job. You get paid. Yeah. Like a career yes man, but then it's like I'm not gonna speak up. I'm not gonna voice my opinion. I'm just gonna go out there, do what they ask me to, and get paid for it. Yeah. Sort of thing. It's not like the champion, fine, but. Yeah, you're never going to get anywhere, but fine. Like, like for how long he was around the fucking business, Roddy Piper is one yeah. that I don't understand. Go back and watch Roddy Piper, right? His biggest, the biggest point in his career was the feud with um, Mr. T, right? And, that's, and that boxing match. Yeah. Yeah, that they did, a, was it two? WrestleMania two? I think so, yeah. It was two or three. Uh, I think it was two... It, I think it was two. It was two because that was the one at multiple arenas, wasn't it? They did it in three different places. Yeah, which is (laughs) fucking stupid. (laughs) Absolutely retarded idea. But then again, I assume he got paid a lot of money to do it. So, but at no other point during his run does he have a feud. Yeah. He doesn't have any. And he refuses to job. So he always DQs. If um, you jumped to like WCW in like 98... Was, That's when he did the job. He, he liked, did the he job. Got, got, it was like Hogan. It was him and Hogan. Yeah, like the title and stuff. And it was like in two thousand. Sort of, it was like him and Flair for like commissionership of WCW. Or something right, there. right. But I'm talking like in his what I can what I considered his main run in the WWE. Yeah. Or he did F nothing. At the time. He did nothing, and yet that guy gets well. Until recently. Um, well, well, there's the odd bit with Bret Hart. Yeah, like that Intercontinental title back and forth thing. I don't think it went back and forth much, but it was yeah. about that. It's well, like a well, sort of... Again, even think about it. Like You think about where Bret Hart ended up and how far he got. Yeah. Brody Piper did basically nothing mm. in this business and consistently gets brought back as this legend who was so amazing because he cracked the coconut on Jimmy Snooker's head. Yeah. One incident in time. Yeah. And that man was around for years and is considered one of the greatest of all time probably by certain people and he never did anything he does where does he get where where do people get off on it how did the man stay around so long how did he have such a reputation 
when he did nothing. It's like though Jimmy Snooker, claimant fame. I died off cage. Oh well, <laughs> you mean the murderer? Yeah, that as well. But before that, it was well, what's my claimant fame? Well, you died off cage off a cage once. Yeah, and you influenced Mick Foley. Okay, cool. Yeah, but again, his claim to fame isn't that he's actually famous. His claim to fame is that Mick Foley watched him and thought, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> Mick Foley is one of the greatest of all time. I'm not saying it was perfect in every way because he wasn't, but the man put in that much effort to get himself over, it, it worked. Hmm. You know, I can understand why they keep bringing Mick Foley back and saying he's the hardcore legend. Okay, hardcore legend's a bit strong. Yeah, because you see people do crazy shit nowadays. You, yeah. In ECW, they did crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Oh, Japan uh, was worse. Oh, well, yeah, probably was. <laughs> but, you know, Mick Foley in the WWE, like, they talk about his match with Edge being the greatest hardcore match of all time. No. Just no. It wasn't. I've it wasn't even it, that good. I've watched it once years ago. I watched it live. Not. With you. Did we watch it live? We watched that live in your living room. That was 22, though, wasn't it? Maybe 22? I'm sure we watched it live in your living room. I'm sure we did. I remember watching it with you, specifically, and I'm sure it was live. I can't fucking remember. It's a long time ago. Yeah, there's been 32 of them, mate, or 33 of them now. Yeah. I've lost count. <laughs> but, but again, it wasn't the greatest hardcore match of all time. It wasn't even as good as his street fight with Triple H. Yeah. Which, you know, the retirement match lasted for like six weeks. <laughs> But, again, it's... He had a character. He had something that... I understand why they keep bringing him back. I understand why he's now a general manager. Mm. I understand why they keep referencing him. I understand why they keep bringing Austin back. I understand why they keep bringing The Rock back. The Rock's even still active, I suppose you could say. But, Brady Piper, don't make any sense. Like I said, uh, like, to my original point, there are people who just somehow seem to stick around in this business and have... To me, no reason to be there. You, I think it is just that thing of like just making an impact somehow. Yeah. Whether it's through a promo, like because he had Piper's pit, whether it's yeah. like because people are always going to talk about the coconut incident. Yeah, they're always going to talk about the the boxing thing with yeah, Mister T. Mr. T. Yeah, um, like they're not as much going to talk about him and Hogan in WCW. Give on, give on. <laughs> Um, they're not going to talk about him and Flair arguing over having matches back and forth with yeah, the yeah. They're going to talk about the boxing thing. They're going to talk about Piper's Pit. They're going to talk about Goldust and Piper at WrestleMania 12 with the backlog ball shite. Um, Is it raining? No, I don't think so. No, it's not. it was looking like it was trying to before, but I don't think it has done. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's, so there's things like there is. Um, I think it's like sort of making that mark and having that career longevity, like it's almost like career security because you've done something to stay relevant in a way. But then you sort of the problem with wrestling is you have no security. You don't have a pension at the end of the day, so you have to. Yeah, you have to. If you don't react. spend, if you don't, if you spend it, on, yeah, you buy a big house and you do the drugs and yeah. Sex, drugs, rock and roll sort of thing. It's you're going to lose your money quickly, and then you're going to have to do convention appearances. And oh, I need a job to Heath Slater on Raw so I can get me two hundred dollars so I can buy this ho- afford this hotel room for the night. Yeah, yeah. Then I've got to do this indie appearance and 
beat the shit out of some kid and get my another two hundred dollars and then get my yeah autograph parents money or whatever to. Oh, I know, I know what you're saying. I mean, there, there, there are. It's, it's like you watch the Mickey Walk in the wrestler. Yeah, yeah. And there's that bit where he's in that like tiny ass convention in that like gym hall or something. Yeah. So there's like him and like four other guys, like two in a wheelchair or something, all that they're charging like ten dollars for an autograph and a picture. Right, right. And he's you can tell he's sort of looking at and trying to sort of convey it's like, fuck, this is what I'm reduced to, sort of thing. Yeah. It's like I, I was world champion. And now I'm in some like shit little gym hall yeah, selling, yeah. selling autographs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I it's, understand that. I understand that. Yeah, because at, at the end of the day, I mean, no matter how coveted, you know, co- you know, conscious and how protected you are of your spot, you will eventually lose that spot. Yeah. It's just it, it's time. But I don't There's know. There's one boy for you. He's Slater. He's Slater's boy. <laughs> He's Slater. Yeah. Ooh. I'd say Wade Barrett was a boy. Wade Barrett's boy. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the, one of my other greatest moments in wrestling history when Wade Barrett beat John Cena, and the, the <laughs> Nexus went over, and then they fucking killed it within seconds. The next the next night on Raw, yeah, I'm gonna join the Nexus, but I'm just gonna be a prick <laughs> to him, and I'm just gonna destroy it from the inside because I'm John Cena and I don't turn heel. <laughs> oh, great, wonderful. So we've spent all this time building the Nexus up, and now they're just gonna get jobbed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've not even, we've not even spoken about John Cena yet. For Christ's sake! Good, you didn't deserve our time. Well, true, but you know, he's one of them. You know, I I, swear, I don't know. I suppose actually, he's, he does try and put people over, at least recently. But I'm guessing he's winding down. Uh, apparently, he is. Yeah, but again, it's like. He sort of, he's, I'm sure he said at one point, he's like, I'm not winding down, I'm just sort of reducing my schedule because I, I deserve to reduce my schedule. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can I can but understand that. It's going to be that thing of like, there was, I think there was one time when they put the belt on Del Rio and the rating shot down. Yeah. And then it's like, like on that night on the road, it's like, shit, we need to do something. Quick, put the belt back on Cena. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just te- I remember texting you that, like, you said, single player was. <laughs> Big capital letters just fuck this company. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you get. But again, that that comes from. I don't. John Cena's style since he turned face, and John Cena's the way he's put across since he became a face pisses me off. Yeah. Now, if you if you think about it, if you think about it, like right, it's probably slightly. Too in depth. It go. It looks like it's you had the Hogan era, yeah, where the big white meat baby face, all American boy, was champ. Yeah. Then you had the Attitude era. Uh, well, you had the New Generation era in the middle, which nobody really remembers fondly. Um, <laughs> and you know, Michaels was always coked out of his mind anyway. Um, I wouldn't mind if that was wasn't true, but it was. Um, so no, I, nobody really remembers it because nobody ever talks about it. They talk yeah. about Hogan. Nobody ever talks about Shawn Michaels being champ. Nobody ever talks about Bret Hart being champ. Really, in that new generation era, nobody talks about it. It was since the new generation era, since like the, the black era. 
Yeah. If it was, if the WWE going to like sink or swim sort of yeah. thing. But again, nobody talks um, about it. Diesel is fucking champ. <laughs> yeah, the the lowest drawing champion in history. Yeah, but he, it was like they, and they put the belt on Backland in the nineties though. Like Backland yeah. had the belt and he lost to Diesel in nine seconds. Yeah, well, putting them, putting putting Bob Backlund near anything is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, even nowadays, just oh, I can't, oh, I can't stand it. Um, yeah, make Darren Young great again. He was never fucking great. He was never even competent. <sighs> anyway, so then you go on to Attitude Era. Yeah, you know it's anti-hero almost as your champion is the guy yeah. that's over. Um, yeah. And then it's like peaks and troughs. So now you've you've had like that iffy era, iffy era again, and you've had Trips as champ, which was like everyone credits him for carrying the company in this era. I don't think he, no, I don't agree with that. Mm. And you know, say what you want, but there was nobody else to put that belt on. There was nobody. Well, it was like sort of Austin like... left, Rap left. Because the problem was it was, it was <laughs> January '99 when they did the whole oh. On on Raw tonight, Mick Foley, aka Mankind, defeats The Rock for the title. Yeah, and of course, Nitro's ratings just suddenly went yeah down, and everyone was suddenly tuning into Raw. And yeah, Raw's going up and up and up. Yeah, and Nitro was just like, "Well, that was a bit stupid." <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we'll win them back. Don't worry. <laughs> like, no, they're not coming no. back. They're not coming back to your shit. <laughs> no way. Um, but yeah, so. Again, you had a bit of a weird dark period. Might be babyface again, John Cena. Yeah, and now you're looking at you're moving towards again a more almost anti-hero style mm-hmm. idea for your champion. You know, Seth Rollins is you hate him because he's so good. Uh, you think about um, Kevin Owens is a heel and he's your champion, but he's if he's a long-running champion, he's He's a heel, but he's a face. People cheer him, even though he acts like a heel. Yeah, so you you almost you're hoping, or at least I am, that that's leading again towards your your attitude era style, yeah. running with the belt and whatnot. And then you'll have a dark period again, and then you'll have your white meat baby face again, and it runs like that. And I, I think it goes to that thing of like you're saying, sort of it's going to go up and up and up and then down again, and it's going to go up again. And it's sort of that 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 slump is going to come at some point. Yeah. It's a case of when, but it's like the problem now. Not so much a problem, but it's like the thing nowadays. So you're like guys like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. They've been in the business ten plus years or really yeah. before the degree, so they're putting on better matches. Um, and but people, it's like for Kevin Owens, it's like right, boo this guy. It's like well, I would, but. He's just too fucking talented not to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I hate this country. It sucks, whatever. But you're a good wrestler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's yeah. Oh no, I mean, it's, the thing is, you learn again. It goes back to that thing of how wrestling has changed. The fans yeah. have changed. Yeah. So like back yeah. in the day, you cheered Hogan because Hogan was all, I'm a, Amer- I'm a, like, yeah, I real love America. American. I'm a real American, all that sort of thing. It's like you you booed Sergeant Slaughter because he was on like anti-American, like yeah, and yeah. supporting Iran and the war and stuff. But you don't have that dynamic nowadays. You can't have someone coming in well, and be the Patriot they, they, anymore. They, they tried to like, do it. They, they tried to go down that route, didn't they? With um, the 
much publicised Mohammed Hassan deal where he brought oh, the gosh. terrorists onto pay-per-view <laughs> to take out The Undertaker. Now, personally, I enjoyed the Mohammed Hassan character originally. I thought, it's not bad on the mic, needs a little bit of work in ring, yeah, but he's got the look, he comes across as a threat, he's booked relatively strong. Maybe not Undertaker strong, but he's booked relatively well. Yeah, and then they did the terrorist thing, and they killed it straight away because they just panicked. Yeah, yeah. Whoever came up with that idea, I hope got fired. I'm sure they did, <laughs> um, because I guarantee you the wrestler didn't come up with that idea. Yeah. yeah, but that was them trying to do the. All right, well, we'll have the Patriot in Cena, yeah. who was your Patriot at the time, and mm. then we'll bring in this, you know, anti-American. Mm. You know, this, this driving force to be a terror, yeah. lack of a better of a word, <laughs> towards John Cena. And they killed it. Mm. And I'm glad they did kill it because they did it ter- That angle was terribly done. Yeah. And it's gone down in history as, as just that, or as one of the worst ideas they've ever had. It killed a, ma- it killed a young man's career, really, mm. as well, which is what should be seen as the more upsetting part because. He's not a terrorist, obviously. Yeah. Um, but again, Mohammed has under boy. <laughs> never won a title. He's never won a title, but for for for, for um, <laughs> diplomatic reasons, let's say, <laughs> he can't be a boy. He's not in the stable of boys. He's not in the stable of boys. No. <laughs> he can't be in the stable of boys. But no, yeah. So, <laughs> but I say they 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 are trying to come up with it. They, yeah. But they just they got to get it right. That's the thing. That's the issue. Yeah. You know. Again, I thought I thought they were gonna I thought they were gonna do it. Maybe when they put Bray Wyatt with Cena for was it a very short period of time. Anyway, with the little kid and whatnot. Yeah. Um, was that when they did like the whole the kids like? Coming out on the mic and they're singing. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the augmented voice, whatever. That yeah, was fucking stupid. Yeah, it was stupid. But again, that was supposed to be your white meat baby face, you know, your patriot baby face mm. against something different, something that you know you don't quite understand. Yeah, almost didn't work. You know, they killed it, they buried it. We don't talk about it <laughs> until they bring it up on like a countdown episode or something on the network. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or like they, they try and do like a the, sometimes the Facebook page does a whole lot of throwback thing like, yeah it does yeah they did the one the other day with the championship scramblers like, do you remember when Brian Kendrick was WWE champion yeah and <laughs> everyone flooded the comments with well no he wasn't actually champion because it didn't count in the championship scramble until the actual from the final the person had the belt until the, ta- the time ran out yeah so he wasn't actually a champion yeah but I remember <laughs> the, I remember I remember watching that match and thinking they're not going to do that. <laughs> There's no way. The, the, You're not going to get this The championship clusterfuck, as I like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, well, it wasn't a good idea, was it? But, again, at no point did you actually think Brian Kendrick was coming out of that as a champ. No, no chance. <laughs> Man. You know, it, one thing I will say, actually, about John Cena was, when he first came on the screen and was the rapper and doing that, you know, the, the heelish promos and stuff, yeah, that I actually quite enjoyed. That wasn't attaining. It was. But then it's when they turned him face and they did the whole like Carlito stabbing bit. Oh, that was, yeah, no. Was that when we went to see 
Smackdown Live, maybe. Yeah, I think it might. And have been. there was the, there was something I remember showing you on like the. I think we watched it back together, and he takes the he has like a gauze yeah. thing. Yeah, takes it off, and the camera angle you can see there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it literally shows nothing, yeah. and it was just like you could have at least drawn something on. Yeah, but again, the whole stabbing thing was a stupid angle. There's no way. It, oh, he got stabbed last night, and he's back a week later. Yeah. No, no. If somebody stabbed me in the kidney. I will not be back in a week. Yeah. Not a sniff. <laughs> not a chance. I'm not Wolverine. <laughs> and his name is John Cena! <laughs> <laughs> but no, I say the rapping gimmick at the beginning was fun. It was different. And I know it was the vision of Stephanie McMahon, which is beyond me. Um, which course, he was on the, on the bus, wasn't he? Or some of the tour bus. Yeah. And she found it quite entertaining. Yeah. But again, that's how things start. It's just you could never, you could never have expected him to go the way he's gone, yeah. and become that from what he was. But again, well, WWE was going through a bit of shit time then, to be honest. You had like Nathan Jones or the the, the new era, whatever it was called, sort of thing. Or... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a ruthless aggression era, was it? No, that sort of came later on. Yeah, well, he had like the post, the post F era, yeah, which was like the like the sort of invasion era, sort of yeah, thing. that yeah. went on to becoming like the invasion era wasn't bad. I didn't mind the invasion stuff; that was quite good. I quite enjoyed it. I thought they could have dragged a lot more out of it. It was like two thousand four to like two thousand seven. Yeah, roughly. yeah, like ev- uh, evolution and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, which was around yeah. the time when I started to start watching Tri- trips and the fucking purple tights <sighs> or purple. Spandex. Oh yeah, the purple tights. <laughs> You see, the the main thing I remember about that era is they tried to put the belt on Randy Orton. Yeah. And I remember watching Randy Orton versus Chris Benoit in Steel Cage for the title when Orton won. And I thought, the end to that match when they shake hands and do the respect thing, and I thought, they've actually they've managed to do this and get him over. They've actually yeah. managed to book the match in, a, in a, such a way where it was believable that he'd won and that he might get over. Mm. Next night and Raw killed it. Yeah, just had trips go trips go over, and it was like no. I, I really? do I do remember one one of the, uh, the the one of the best moments I've ever experienced in wrestling was uh, when you taped. I think it was Bad Blood two thousand four. The oh, Shawn Michaels Triple H had on the side. Oh yeah, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Triple H pissing blood, lying on the on like the the ring apron. Yeah, camera pans right in, and you're, he's holding the bottle. It's oh. Oh fuck me! <laughs> <laughs> Which was then later cut out of every single DVD, video, and network release. <laughs> yeah, to go get that. Sorry, Bunkle's nipped out to go some washing. But yeah, that did happen. Both of him, Bunkle, saw it. It was very funny. Hi guys, I'm Joe, and I run UKWrestlingFigs.com, a website dedicated to wrestling action figures. Not only do I interview collectors, but also superstars past and present. I also showcase art and photography, as well as do reviews, unboxings, you name it, I do it. So if you're a fan of wrestling action figures, follow me on Twitter at WWEFigsUK. Find me on YouTube and check out UKWrestlingFigs.com. So yeah, we had the, the Bad Blood 2004 incident, which was just yeah. hilarious. Again, I don't remember that actually being a good pay-per-view other than for that, that one moment in time. That match itself was really good. Yeah. Um, I remember at the time, 
I think we both sort of said like it all was yeah, definitely yeah. a standout for like the past couple of years that had been. Yeah, I'll say that um, two that two thousand four era, you know, early two thousands really was a bit, mm, bit hit and miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hit and miss. It's it's because they didn't really know what to. I, I feel as though they didn't know what to do with the title. And well, the problem was trips was in the big control. Two thousand one, they killed the competition. Yeah, and it's like well. We have nothing to compete against now, so what do we do? Yeah, we've got all the, we've got all this talent. Yeah, what do we do with it? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, like you think about back in the day when they closed all the territories and started taking them all over, and it was like your champions are our mid card was yeah. the way it worked. Yeah, so Dusty Rhodes was the NWA champion. Dusty Rhodes contract came up, and Vince goes and signs Dusty Rhodes just because he can. Doesn't he really want him? Doesn't think he's that great as a wrestler or anything yeah. like that. At least this is the way it was pitched. It's been pitched to you know in what I've listened to, what I've read. Yeah. But he signed him because he could, because he was taking over everything, so he can do what he wants. So and puts him in a polka dot gimmick. Yeah, puts him in a polka dot <laughs> gimmick, and has him on the mid card. Yeah, and never really doing anything in particularly important. And then, yeah, Dusty Rhodes leaves, goes to WCW, becomes their champion and their booker. Mm, so that like you'd think back at that point in time when they'd killed the competition in 2002 the next the, the logical thing to do is take that talent and make it your mid card and well, that's kind of what they did other than with Booker T Booker T was probably the only one that they kind of kept around yeah. like and, you know they kind of relegated him a bit but then they elevated him again mm. um, but that was part of the thing that about the invasion era that kind of threw me a little bit was you ended up with guys who weren't in WCW switching to WCW like Kurt Angle yeah. at one point and it's like I know he went and he ended up he was a mole and he set it all up and whatnot, which was a great great <laughs> but they should it didn't need it you don't keep them separate mm. you know for a little I think it could have gone a little bit longer but still I enjoyed that Ruin that period of time yeah. with the invasion, but you know, it, I, like again, it's because I enjoyed I enjoyed the Stone Cold Steve Austin when he was doing the what, and and like when they were when Kurt Angle was coming in like with a guitar and a little cowboy hat on <laughs> and still trying to sing with Stone Cold. Well, it was, <laughs> I can't I don't know when it was. It must have been the like, Austin returned or something. It was for that one. There's like the gif of it when he's he's in like the office chair. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slides down. I don't know how he stayed up on that chair. Like, no, all the way down on the ramp. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I say I enjoyed. I enjoyed that period in time. Mm. Um. But you know, I think. But it's like though. I think you said to me at one point, going back to like, the Attitude Era, mm. listening to the Attitude Era podcast. Yeah, and you're like. Half of these pay-per-views weren't really that good. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, no, they weren't. But you, all you need is, like, the odd standout. Like, yeah. you think the Attitude Era, the first things you think, Foley off the cell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you think of Rock Austin. Mm-hmm. And, what, probably... I would say Austin Vince. Austin Vince, yeah. But I was thinking, like, actual matches that, like, stand out to you. Because the next one I was going to go f- with was you have think 
Armageddon Hell and Cell was six men mm. just because it's the only time they've done it or um, Foley and Triple H in the street fight you know and I, I, I think you have there are that many standout moments in the Attitude Era which is why everybody looks upon it so T- fondly TLC1 TLC1 again these great matches that I mean, there are many, there are many more in the Attitude Era, but there are standout matches. You think, you think Attitude Era, you think these matches. You think of the Hogan Era. I can't name anything other than Hogan Warrior Mania Six. Six. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I can't think of anything else that remotely is, you know, looked upon as fondly. I think of that era in the Invasion. Again, I don't. I can't think of those standout matches. The only thing I can think of is. The, at the very the actual the pay-per-view that was called Invasion when Team WCW went over the but, problem I partially think is that you have these like when WCW does like the best of mm. uh, WWE even does like the best of DVDs and stuff and they only show those bits yeah so that people are if you like you'd never watch wrestling oh I'm going to watch this best of the attitude here see what the attitude yeah, is yeah. about and you see the constant same bits over and over again of like the rock and the bear truck yeah um, what the fuck or like the take take a mankind and the cell match, um, and you see the same like they just show you the same stuff over and over again. Was then like there could be like a episode of Raw, like a standout Triple H rock match or something, but yeah, you don't hear about it. No, no. But again, that uh, like you say, that's where um, a lot of the a lot of the looking back, you miss stuff. Like, if you don't watch the... It, nobody has time to go back and watch all the Raws and all yeah. the pay-per-views. And, I remember this, having this discussion you know, in college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, you, don't, you don't have the time to go and watch all of it, to watch all the shows, to know exactly what's going on and who jobs to who each week and yeah. keep a record of it. I think there is a record you can find online of how many wins and losses people have. More than likely, yeah. Um, but it's... You have you have to pick what you how how you're going to do it. If you want to just go back and watch great matches, go back and watch great matches. There are great matches in every period, but the ones that get spoken about are in the attitude era. Mm. The you don't hear anything about great matches in the ruthless aggression era. You don't hear about any great John Cena matches. I can't name one off the top of my head. There's one coming to mind that you said that it was the. It was on an episode of Raw, the Shawn Michaels Cena. Oh yeah, but it's on an That's episode of Raw, so nobody mind. talks about it. Yeah, yeah. The Rock and Cena one was all right. Yeah, because Cena did the job. Yeah, that was all right. Cena Miz. <laughs> no, but, right, Cena Miz. Right, you laugh at that. I yeah. like Cena Miz, but only because the Miz went over, and I know it was in a screw away, but I don't care. Yeah, I prefer that than watching <laughs> Cena run around with the title again. Yeah. And then Miz did the job every single week. Every single week. And he just came down to the pay-per-view and then he went over. I mean, the most entertaining thing to me about that era, obviously, I love the Miz, but Michael Cole on commentary. I thought it was amazing. Undefeated at WrestleMania. (laughs) Amazing. Heel Michael Cole on NXT 
season three. Was it season three, the old Diva one, or season four, whatever it was? It was so shit. Mate, they were doing like season five or something that went on for like weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. What were you saying? Yeah. Because you well, even started little bunkers of answer reviews and opinions. Like, we're on week 35 of that yeah. season five of the... the the NXT search, whatever. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. Oh, no, that was fucking shit, because they didn't even wrestle matches. They did, like, <laughs> fucking, you know, who can throw the ball the furthest and stuff like that. Who can jump over the many boxes? But, Michael, the same, I thought Michael Cole and Kurt during that time was brilliant. Sat there like, oh, divas are trying to talk and do, like, well, divas, fake yeah. divas. The divas who aren't even divas. They're trying to, like, become divas. Doing these, like, talking and wrestling and stuff. Go on, I've just got to oh, answer this phone call. No worries. <laughs> and Michael Cole's there with a gong, gonging them to get them off the show. Yeah? Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And CM Punk then on commentary. You know, I'm watching and I see how I do every week. You know, sat there in shirt and pants. Just his, just his, just his wrestling gear with a, a jacket on. Brilliant. Same. But... Again, not looked upon too family uh, by most people. And it's kind of... Give it a bit of a pause until Patsy comes back. Yeah, I can't even hear my stuff to say, so you might have to cut that bit. <laughs> or at least a bit of that bit. <laughs> I was just recounting when CM Punk was on commentary talking about... Um, He's watching NXT how he does every week. Was that when he had the Triple H jacket? Yeah, he had the jacket on and pants. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't uh, it was when Triple H gave me that? Can I wear your jacket? Yeah, okay. But yeah, like again, I, I was just saying that era isn't looked upon too fondly, especially when it comes down to um, matches. You know, you can't name matches that were great stand out. Mm. Yeah, you've until you get to then, you talked about a couple of the Triple H, uh, Triple H, a couple of the Undertaker matches with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Yeah. So, great matches are, at least in those days, were few and far between. Mm. And I can't really tell you why they were so few and far between. Yeah. But, I suppose to kind of, to kind of bring like, this opinions on wrestling in general, towards like a close down, is, Attitude Era is what you should watch. All the hype matches are not what the Attitude Era was. It, the, there is a lot of stuff that didn't work. There's a fair amount of stuff that did. But wrestling now isn't like wrestling then. And it's changed. But that's the era that's looked upon so highly. So that's why I'd suggest go and watch these matches. But don't expect everything to be that way. Don't watch TLC 1 which is, you know, 20 odd minutes of back and forth between three of the greatest tag teams in history. Yeah. I think every single tag team match is going to be like that. Or think every single match is going to look like that. Because it's not. The, the Mick Foley falling off the hell cell. Every match is not like that. Some mm-hmm. people can't watch that. Because it is a, a horrible bump to take. It is. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary, yeah. to be honest. Because he looks like he's going to miss. You yeah. worry. But I say, go in with your expectations in the right place. You know, I mean, 
that's I can't I can't describe <laughs> it any better than that. You know, do you know what I'm say, trying to say? Yeah, I think so. It's it's there are great highs. There yeah. are the lowest lows. Don't expect everything to be a high. Yeah. Yeah. Just like don't expect everything to be a low. There's a lot. Of I middle. think it's needed in a way though, because it's sort of like if you watch, if you like, say you'd never watched it before, and I say, right, you're gonna watch the Attitude Era. Yeah. WWF at the time. Yeah. And it's like if you watch like a really high episode one week. Yeah. The following week you're expecting that episode to top. That yeah. One, yeah. And so on and so on and so on like a yeah. fucking ladder. And it's getting to this point where you're like, well, what, yeah. how what, can my expectations be improved now? It's yeah. got to smash my expectations. I don't think it can do. No, no. And you have these low points that bring you down again. Yeah, it's it's not possible to be better every week because there are points where you get to something you can't see as better. WrestleMania 17 is the peak. Yeah, I think it was the peak money-wise as well, if I, if I remember correctly off the top of my head from what I've read. It was the pinnacle of the Attitude Era for sure. Um, I think it was the pinnacle of wrestling so far um, in terms of money and draw and exposure for sure. But everything you watch isn't going to be WrestleMania 17. Everything you watch isn't going to be WrestleMania 18. You're not going to have, you know, the wrestling's past versus wrestling's current. Yeah. You're not going to have. Like even even now you talk about re- watching wrestling's past versus wrestling's current, and you have the Rock versus Cena. Didn't do as well as Hogan and Rock, yeah. but it was never going to, mm. yeah. Because wrestling isn't viewed the same way. It's not viewed by the same people. A lot of people who watch wrestling back then in WrestleMania 18, like you and me, don't watch anymore, yeah, because it's changed and it's not suitable to our palate, almost, for lack of a better description. There's that, but then the problem is as well being. Like you when you said before about William Regal and yeah. the British style, yeah. Like Britain currently is a fucking hotbed. Oh for yeah, wrestling. absolutely. You have so absolutely. many different companies and styles well, that if you're willing to travel, you can yeah. see any style you want. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you were saying before when you were talking about the amount of wrestling that's out there these days. Yeah. You can afford to pick and choose what you want to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, like I said, then give PCW a watch. Everything I remember of PCW was great, great matches, mm-hmm. you know. And but that might not be what you want to see, yeah. Um, if you just want comedy wrestling, I'm pretty confident Chikara is your way to go, yeah. But Chikara does wrestling. They do. They had um, a brilliant uh, world sport style rules. You'd love yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Which is Johnny Kidd and Mike Quackenbush. Right. Which right. Was, but there's like they try. They've tried it before in other companies, and it's sort of the the crowd sort of. Like yeah. when you're, you're having a chat with your mate or whatever and you're yeah. getting beers and, but the crowd was silent right. you're watching it reversal. it's like watching it in Japan yeah counter after counter and the odd bit of applause yeah. like it should be and that made it yeah but yeah. Chikara was one of the few events recently where I've come away and I've like that was fucking brilliant yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, if I could watch Chikara every week I would do right. that sort right. of thing it was because it was just so good so I was taught that the few of them were out getting you could get pictures of them, you could talk to them, stuff like that. Right, but right. It's like it's just seeing Johnny Kidd, like one of the British greats, yeah. doing this technical style that sort of not so much disappeared. There's still a guy like Noam Dar and Zack Sabre Jr. who do it, yeah. but it's not often you see the world yeah. sport rules yeah. with the rounds and stuff. Yeah. 
and especially if you like stuff like Kurt Angle, yeah, sort of probably picked up bits from this. Yeah, you probably love. I'll have oh, to no, show you it some. Definitely, point. definitely. I mean, again, this is where I I struggle to be into wrestling nowadays because <laughs> the style I like to watch doesn't really exist. It's not on the main. It's not like mainstream. Almost. Is it sort of like the? Is it just the amateur catch style, or is it strong style you like? Really I like a bit. Of, uh, yeah, it's because I can put you in the right direction. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. See, strong style again. I like strong style. My most recent exposure to that was um, Tazara and Ligero. Yeah, fuck Ligero. Yeah, Yanks, Rats, and fuck Ligero. There we go. Shout out to Madman Madison. <laughs> but um, you know. That was my most recent exposure to Strong Style, and I mm-hmm. fucking loved that match. Yeah. I think it's on YouTube for free, yeah, actually. Free, you can yeah. watch it on the PCW YouTube channel. I'll so, post a link in the description on the yeah, pod. Another shout out there. Um, but that match was brilliant. And again, I know it's not just... There was a lot of the map-based stuff that I, like, that I like, and then it's almost more of a real style mm. to me I hate saying that because I don't mean that every other style is a figment of your imagination uh, I, I mean don't by, use the F word what figment no the other F word the F word <laughs> what, <I'm>, what, <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by it's like real is somebody wouldn't let you suplex them yeah. and you'd have to force them over you'd have to generate that power of your hips with you know well it's the because I went to um, last December, I went to a Progress show. Oh right! And Progress is strong style, right? Um, so there is it is sort of genuine. You see like knees to the face and stuff, and you hear. I know it's like yeah. sort of. Well, I'm gonna give you an insight of the business now, but slapping the thigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, but sometimes you hear the crack, and then you see like the like the the knee how either how it smacks in the face or comes so like yeah, yeah. like the rock says, oh, I can. Hit someone within like a whisper yeah. of me actually touching them. I can make it look that genuine. Yeah, yeah. Um, or Austin's like, well, I, I don't work. I don't work hard. I work snug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I might throw a few real punches in there, but I call it working snug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> S- sip a coffee for the working man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to get Ted on Skype. How are you doing, Ted? <laughs> um, but no, it's like a strong style. Um, but yeah, well, for Strong Style, watch pro- you can watch Progress, you can watch New Japan. Yeah. Um, if, if you want, like, see American wrestlers and British wrestlers, you can watch PCW. If you want Indie Style, you can watch Future Shock. If yeah. you want a bit more of an adult style, you've got ICW. Right, right, Like I said, there's something out there for everybody, and that's kind of the point of wrestling. Yeah. Is, or at least the way it's supposed to be is every match should be different enough that you're interested in everyone yeah um again I probably don't watch enough of the mainstream product or nowadays to see that they are all different I don't believe they are because I think they all you look at all the wrestlers who are being pushed and being brought up and they've all come from the same background that same indie style indie Mm -hmm. background and they wrestle indie matches yeah and you think about Daniel Bryan when he was champ every match was almost the same yeah. and it's great for a while but it's very kicky very punchy and a lot of running the ropes 
and that isn't for me. So I'll definitely t- check out that uh, World, um, World, of World of Sport match. match. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, definitely have to look. I'll bring up. it round at some point. Oh, awesome, so. awesome! Probably um, do it for the next one. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll start sort of wrapping up. I've got a few. I've not wrote them down, but I just thought it'd be a nice as a way as an introduction for you to people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to go over like some of you, like if I said like. Um, not like a countdown and such, but like if I said favourite wrestler. Kurt Angle. <laughs> so, okay, so it's going to be like that sort of, like we'll go yeah. with like favourites and least, sort of like least favourite stuff like that. We'll do All like right, a, yeah. A few, sort of get you. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. Um, so favourite wrestler is Kurt Angle, least favourite wrestler. Least favourite wrestler. I know that, it's a tough one, but it's... That is a really tough one, actually, because there is a fair few that I really <laughs> dislike. Right, who, um, who have you hated seeing the most? Who have you wanted, who's made you want to switch off? Batista made me switch off. So go uh, just 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 because <laughs> again uh, I didn't believe anything the man did, um, and I, you know it's quick. I, I don't like squash matches. I don't enjoy them. Yeah. And that man got carried through a main event at WrestleMania <laughs> by Triple H. And Triple H say what you want about him. That man carried that main event, and it was you know he, he got a semi good match out of a very very poorly talented wrestler. Mm. Um, he made me switch off. It just didn't didn't have it. Uh, edge. I, I, I never fan. Never was. Oh, really? Never understood why he got the push that he did. Didn't have the look for me. Didn't didn't look like a strong wrestler. Didn't look like he was even technically great. And I hate the spear. <laughs> I don't. The, there's only one spear that I can't, that I like, and that's. Rhinos because it looks different. Yeah, it just looks different. Um, and well, I'll talk about Edge on the next episode. Yeah, I yeah. I do have that's that's edge, yeah. Well, always. again, that's <laughs> as an introduction. That's yeah, yeah. definitely something that we can discuss because um, there's a massive mixed opinion on him. I feel Big Show, fuck that guy. <laughs> the power of the punch. <laughs> In fact, I tell you what, the worst, the worst, the, the two worst moments I've ever seen in wrestling, I think, oh, come no. from the Big Show. Right? There's, there's the crying when he punches Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> right? On Raw, the man's crying and yet still has to power up his punch. You have to power up your punch to knock out an old man. Yeah. What was the? Pu- Seriously. Right, worst that was no, th- that, and seeing his arse in a thong <laughs> for a, for the um, sumo match with an actual sumo wrestler, awful. Yeah. Jobbing to Floyd Mayweather, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, how's this guy got a job? Yeah, again, he's a yes man. Oh, he is a yes man, but come on. <laughs> um. Were literally the the, yes. the worst it's, it's, moment in wrestling history. <gasps> As you're crying to punch an old man, yeah, a so fat old man. The fact he does it, he does it, he, does it, he goes, Dusty, I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> charges it up. But then, charges it if, up. If you watch Botchamania, there's the bit the scene of talks too much segment. Right. And there's him and Kane stood there, and yeah. Kane has to turn away from him to then choke, give him the choke slam. Or to get his hand around his throat. So Kane has to charge up the choke slam. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck charging moves. 
Fuck yeah. that shit. Roman Reigns does it with the Superman punch. Yeah. Just a little shotgun thing. Stupid. So stupid. Makes you look a total Roman you do the most amazing thing <laughs> The Rock has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, That's de- definitely Big Show's number one. One that sort of covers you can any company you want here. Favourite angle? Ooh. Well, by angle, you mean storyline? Storyline, yeah, yeah. Oh, The Rock and Austin from WrestleMania 17. Rock and Austin 17. Um, if, you, if you want to go away from that, it's just that I think the build to that and everything about that was perfect. Mm-hmm. And I made that clear throughout the podcast. So, and again, angle that's made you want to switch off or just thought this is bullshit sort of thing, like... Um, let's see... Uh, the one will do. Uh, the one will do. Do you just want one? <laughs> I, I, I'll go in one because we're supposed to be cutting this short, aren't we? Um, one is um, Wade Barrett beating John Cena. That was great. And then straight away, them fucking it up. Uh, pretty much so Cena joining Nexus. Cena joining Nexus. Just killing the Nexus. Everything to do with um, when Ziggler lost the title to was it Del Rio because he was concussed. Yeah, you know, won the title a week later, making him job. That pissed me off. Um, but yeah, Spirit uh, Squad <laughs> in general. <laughs> uh, favorite pay per view? WrestleMania seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, you covered why. So yeah. Um, am I your favorite match? Yeah, yes, I haven't asked favourite match, but it's the rocking up Austin from WrestleMania 17. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you see the pattern when he's going Um Favourite company of all time? Company? Yeah. Ooh, that's a tough one. Because I, I have watched a lot of different companies. Um, you know, not quite as often as I would like. Um, because obviously you have like... You, Everyone had access to WWE somehow, whether it's like yeah. a friend probably, or someone. To be fair, it's probably actual company in terms of what I've seen. Like keeping that the, that quality of match up there. Mm. Something oh. if it, even if it was like an indie company, you was like if that was on TV, I'd watch that every week. Piece I'd go w. out of my way to watch it. Preston City Wrestling. PCW. I'd go. I'd go out my way to watch it. I would. Um, I don't have. I'll be fair and. I obviously, I haven't been to any to the shows recently, mainly due to obviously moving, work commitments, stuff like that. But every show that I went to, I enjoyed, mm. and every show that I went to, I came out, you know, impressed yeah. with. So, yeah, that probably is PCW. WWE, there's so much content there, and there's so much out there that isn't good. You, you dilute what is great, yeah, um, quite a bit. Um, oh, another favorite angle: MMA Jeff Jarrett. That was so cool. That was so funny. Oh, God. <laughs> That's definitely up there. MMA Jeff Jarrett. Um, I was going to say, falling on from that, the one I, just, I was trying to think of then, which is why I jumped into that favourite company, was uh, your favourite funniest, well, funniest moment. Funniest moment? Ooh. I don't know, there's, been, there's been several over the years, but I was one to gauge oh. an opinion. Funniest moment. It can be. It doesn't have to be. It can be like because I know. Like for me, one of the funniest things yeah. ever is like Brendan Burns on the Great Carly story. 
Oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> that is brilliant. Um, my favourite moment? Like, well, funniest moment even. Whether <sighs> so it's a promo, whether it was a match. Um, oh. <sighs> Most of the Rocks promos back in the day. <laughs> they were brilliant. Um, and specifically uh, enjoyed the one before the six man Hell in a Cell at Armageddon where he did impressions of all the guys yeah. who were in the match. That was excellent. Um, anything where um, Michael Cole was just slating the show. <laughs> I thought that was great. I thought, I say, I thought the Michael Cole character was hilariously funny. When he went over Jerry Law at WrestleMania, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But yeah, it's it's really hard to pick like just one like really funny moment because you get so much f- yeah. coming into your head. But any what stands out? What funny moment stands out to you the most? If any of them. Kurt Angle doing the milk yeah. with the, the truck and I know it was a straight rip from the Stone Cold Steve Austin with a beer mm. but really enjoyed that Kevin Nash on commentary oh fuck I <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Nash on commentary Goldberg a man who cannot touch another man <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant that whole show it's like there's like a 20 minute clip of it on YouTube just of his commentary throughout that show. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. so they put me on comments trying to recruit some of those funds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I call it everything the old glory. Yeah. Old glory in your drop. But there was um, a couple of bits just reminded me of. There was, I don't know why it just came to my head then. There was when there was like Angle and Lesnar were like random friends. Oh, yeah. And there was a bit like. Lesnar was like, why do you always drink milk? And he's like, milk is good for you. Yeah. And somehow some woman ends up like getting covered in milk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, yeah, Kevin Nash on commentary. Um, one of the other bits that stands out recently was uh, Lesnar in the cage with Triple H. He's like, that's my manager. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was great when Hellman sold himself and got done. <laughs> there was that and the, uh, what was the other one? It wasn't really Lesnar. It was something else. It might come back to me. It will. I'm sure. But then there was the other bit. I remember I was, I think I was in the train station with you once after that like, PCW with you and David. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it might have been at the actual show and I started, it was, it was when Jeff Hardy got done for drugs. Oh. And I was like, oh, I've got a new rendition of his theme. <laughs> <laughs> started singing about that. Like, it was like you, David, and like two other random guys pissing themselves <laughs> laughing. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Fucking Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Um, what was the other bit? Yeah, there was there was Lesnar and the that's my manager. Yeah, and there was another bit that had me laughing as well recently. I can't remember what it was. I remember. I think it was the fir- the, the first ever live show we went to, and there was a dark a dark appearance of the Undertaker. So it was a film show. And the Undertaker showed up. Hayden Wright came out and cut a promo. Yeah. And then the Undertaker showed up, but he wasn't supposed to be there. And Paul Heyman was Hayden Wright's manager at the time. Yeah. And Heyman got laid out, but sold it so much. Hayden Wright had to drag him by his foot up the ramp and got to the top and was pissing himself because Heyman was still selling it. He was out like, acting like he was out cold, <laughs> and he had to drag him the whole way by his foot. <laughs> Brilliant. That's selling though, absolutely brilliant. Because this is just this dude 
pissing himself <laughs> laughing at what's supposed to be a really serious angle. And like, you know they cut that from, yeah. <laughs> from TV. <laughs> Yeah, there was another bit like from recent the past that like, year or so that was funny. It's, it's gone from my mind, but it was. I remember there was the um, one of my funniest moments in the video I've got. It was like the Rock doing Billy Gunn. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dear God, <laughs> my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, just to come in in closing, depending on what you want to see. Like yes, yeah. there's, there's in wrestling. There's some something for everyone. Yeah, um, I think I take it we're just going to do pay per views in like storylines. It depends what happens, really. really. All right. Any requested matches for us to watch? Send them in. Yeah, if you have a YouTube, 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 YouTube. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what you do. I, had, I, had I don't. I don't want to know what you do. <laughs> I had a YouTube match that, that the, it's still real me down on YouTube. At one point. <laughs> We both at the door. Oh, right, fair enough. Um, I'll pause it if you want. But yeah, uh, where, were we where were we? We're just wrapping it up and saying that if you've got any matches you want us to watch and review, oh, yeah. send them in. Um, I reckon we, what we should do is watch WrestleMania 17, review it, WrestleMania 18, review it, and decide what's. Because that's our two favourite pay per views. Yeah, we can do that. I can open the commentary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the idea. Yeah, we can do that. Um, yeah, if you have a YouTube link for any matches, preferably or Daily Motion, anything like that, please send them to us. We can watch them and review them, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Bunkle's homework is Ricochet and Will Ospreay, and then the Johnny Kid, Mike Quackenbush. Sounds Will like Ospreay a plan. Rules. Um, so, yeah, that's everything. If you want to email us, email lostartpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Lost Art Podcast. Facebook, Lost Art Podcasting. Instagram, Lost Art Podcasting, I think. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I don't know. Find us on Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, iTunes, probably elsewhere. Bunkle's phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything you want to add, Bunkle? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. I've been King Bunkle. You've been King Bunkle? That's yeah. my line. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I listen. It's my fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> It's raw! (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. Hopefully I get sued. (laughs) But yeah, um, for the lost art of wrestling, can we call it that? Yeah, why not? We'll probably get sued by Colt Cabana or something. (laughs) Well, we'll see. (laughs) We will indeed. (laughs) So yeah, uh, for lost art of podcasting, he's been King Bunkle. Yeah. Weighing in at... Uh, wait. <laughs> uh, like 175. <laughs> Cruiserweight! Yeah, been... oh yeah, it is, yeah. I'm, actually, I don't know. Maybe I'm closer to 200 now. I don't know. Heavy. It's that wedding weight. <laughs> 90 odd kilos. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I've been Coxie. He's been Bunkle. And you've been listening, hopefully. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Thank you very much.
Hello. I'm Mike Quackenbush, and I make professional wrestling. Thank you. Uh, I'm the upside-down guy in this photo. It was snapped in the last match that I had, and although you will not see me in the ring anymore, I'm still involved in the training of aspiring pros, and I work with the uh, wonderful bunch of creative types you were so kind to name-drop, Chikara. Outstanding. Thank you. I'm passionate about professional wrestling. I think pro wrestling is the most misunderstood form of entertainment on the planet. And I also believe it's the most fascinating and wonderful kind of performance art you could ever hope to experience. So why? Why is professional wrestling so misunderstood? Why is there such a stigma associated with being a pro wrestling fan? I think it is because for years, wrestling was stuck in this closeted cycle of self-loathing because we are not legitimate sport. I'm sorry, Adam. We're not. But we masquerade as that in the same way that the Harlem Globetrotters masquerade as competitive basketball. Pro wrestling is performance art. And the flavor of wrestling I like best is akin to a comic book come to life. It is colorful costumes. It is superhuman feats of strength and agility. It's heroes and villains. It's comedy and tragedy and larger-than-life characters. The exact tropes that hooked me on the Justice League and the X-Men are what attract me to what happens in the ring. But for too long, the pervading belief in professional wrestling is that we could not come clean, that we could not be frank with our audience about what we are. And maybe this was born out of a need to project a tough guy image, or maybe this was born out of a desire to feel like we belonged to a secret society that had access to some sort of insider information. Or maybe it is because so many of us cannot bear the sound of the word fake. The risks we take to entertain our fans, the sacrifices that we make along the way, the passion that we pour into this pursuit of ours, all of that is very, very real. And it cuts like the worst kind of insult if someone were to summarize your risks and your sacrifices and your passions with the word fake. What's important to understand is that pro wrestling fans do not enjoy what we make because, well, they must not get it, right? They don't understand what it is. They think it's legitimate. No, no. Just like when you crack open a Harry Potter novel or you tune into Game of Thrones or when you buy a ticket to the newest Marvel movie, you check your disbelief at the door and you expect that in exchange for this, you'll be provided with an escapist experience. That's the magic of it. And I know this all too well, because having been seduced by that magic at a young age, I have spent the balance of my life trying to make it and share it with others. Unlike any movie, TV show, any novel or comic book, pro wrestling is a uniquely dynamic experience. No movie will respond to your cheers or jeers. A novel will not high-five you should you pass by. Uh, a television show is a static experience projected onto a 2D screen. But a professional wrestler may land in your lap if you happen to be seated in the front row. We are just now finally beginning to open up about what we are. And this, at last, gives us license to explore our form's potential. Because for too long, wrestling has been content only to explore what it can be through the lens of legitimate sport. 
Well, what is professional wrestling through the lens of science fiction or through the lens of a murder mystery? What is pro wrestling through the lens of ballet? The best kind of pro wrestling aspires to take you on an emotional journey, to thrill you when an underdog triumphs, to resonate with you deeply when one tag team partner betrays another. It engages you in the chase for glory, and it drags you through the valley of defeat, and it even grants you access to that most intimate of moments when someone's lifelong dream is fulfilled. Our audience really experiences these emotional highs and lows with us, and the restorative catharsis our performance generates is shared between the people that craft it and the fans that go on the journey with us. My friends, there's nothing fake about that.